0: Superman Dawn of Justice. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian
1: Monansky. Um, uh just for for this podcast, you can just call me the Green Pole, which is not a ship, but a podcaster.
0: And with a Batman V Superman Dawn of Justice tagline or two, maybe three, Kelly Wand.
2: Um which one's more boring? <laughs>
0: <laughs> huh i think you're tipping your hand about how you felt about this movie
2: what no i'm not
0: can i throw one in sure no matter who wins
2: we lose oh uh, i had that
0: oh sorry yeah because that's of course from alien versus Predator. no i took it out because i thought it was too trite <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I it thought it was low-hanging fruit what are some other ones that aren't trite or low-hanging fruit kelly wand you mean better than yours better than uh uh which one's more boring,
1: boring. yeah <laughs> uh, is that about the, the taglines which one's more boring
0: hey sorry that's a tagline hey that's one of them <laughs> no i don't get that one but okay
2: you no. don't um martha <laughs>
0: Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> Good.
2: Uh, Kelly Wan,
1: any anything Kelly you? Wan t- called that movie we loved from a few years back
3: for so long. <laughs>
2: uh, it's like a Marvel movie, budget-wise. Good. Uh, I saw this in English, but it didn't help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, you're being really rough on this movie, Kelly Wan.
2: And finally, lives up to expectations. <laughs>
0: Interesting. That can go either way, can't it?
2: See? That's a good one for Cynic. Those are all pretty pretty well done.
1: There's (laughs) there's any any refuse in there.
0: A reminder to the listeners, uh, we have a listener named Cynic who's been so good as to put some of these on actual movie posters, and they look great.
1: They look awesome, yeah.
0: So there will be a link uh, on the podcast entry on the front page of quarterto3.com. You can check those out. Uh, And once again, we're super grateful when Cynic does this for us. They look (laughs) amazing.
1: I, I love it when he does this. Um, it was it was funny that he, when he did it for 10 Cloverfield, and he's like, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to put it up anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, trust us. They work. Yeah, even if you don't understand them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Here's start, nor- normally yeah. where Kelly Wan would – oh, Kelly Wan, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, no, nothing.
0: Uh, here's where normally you would pit me and Dingus in a battle against each other. But you <laughs> know what? I'm tired of poning Dingus. It's time for me <laughs> to take over – as the ringmaster, ringleader, what, as the MC, whatever, game show host. Uh, I'm going to pit you and Dingus, Kelly Wan, in a battle against one another.
1: You're the Steve Harvey of this right now.
0: Mm, I don't appreciate that after the last Miss Universe contest, Dingus. Not what I want to strive for.
1: You did fine, dear. <laughs>
0: uh, so, Kelly Wan, are you ready? Are you ready to fight Dingus? Because I know Dingus was ready for a fight. You may not have been prepared for this. Here's what's going to happen, Kelly Wand. I'm going to read you guys alternating first, Dingus, and you. Actually, you know what? Who wants to go first?
2: <laughs> what? I, I forfeit.
0: Okay, Dingus, you're going to go first. I'm going to read you, Dingus, the names of two movies. One of them is a movie. The other one is not a movie. You have to tell me, Dingus, which one is a movie. What is happening right now? <laughs> I'm going to read you the name of two movies, one of which I have invented, the other of which is real. You have to tell have me which is it. real and which one is invented. All right. I accept your bluff. All right. So uh, there's six of these, so it could be a tie. If you guys get all three of them, or if you – you know what? I'll be keeping score. Here we go. Dingus, which of these is a real movie? Alien versus Cyborg or Bigfoot versus Zombies?
1: Uh, I choose uh, Bigfoot versus Zombies.
0: That is a real movie. Dingus, you win. So far – I mean, sorry, you don't win. You have one point.
1: No, I won. You already said I won. I got a little ahead of myself. See, you are Steve Harvey.
0: Kelly Wanda, which of these is a real movie?
2: Who wins that
0: one? <laughs> Actually, so Bigfoot vs. Zombies, if you have yeah. Amazon Prime, you <laughs> yeah. can go watch it for free. I don't recommend it. We I, all I, do. I, I watched it so you guys don't have to.
2: The whole movie?
0: Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I didn't watch the whole movie. I left the whole movie on while I did, did something. Bigfoot fight no, it's stupid. It's, it's kind of an ape costume. He he's always running away like Elvis. No, in this he infiltrates a, a secret. Uh, he infiltrates a body farm actually, and he fights the zombies there. Who among us? He hides in the back of a jeep while it goes through the security. See, that that's yeah. not fighting <laughs> exactly. All right, Kelly Wand. Which of these is a real movie?
2: It's dumb that stealth is his thing, and he's also known for his big feet. It's like a really stupid combination. Okay, what were we gonna say?
0: Where shark versus killer whale? Or shark to versus wolf whale.
2: What's the first one?
0: Where shark versus killer whale, or shark to
2: versus wolf whale. Is where, is it where or were? Where, is it where, W E R E? Or is, is it where? Or W-H-E-R. not, I always thought it was you pronounced
0: like werewolf. It's not werewolf, is it? To-
2: also ask for the derivation. Um, I'm going to say the second one's real.
0: Sharktopus versus Wolf Whale is a real movie. Kelly, Wan, it's yeah. neck and neck. You each have one point. Dingus, which of these is a real movie?
2: Oh, Gosh, just say the second one. It's been working for me. Shoot, I screwed it up. Hold on. Okay, that is wrong? a real movie. Shoot, I screwed <laughs> it up. <laughs> Hang on, let me write this down. Wait,
0: where did I tell you? No, no, no. Okay, wait a minute. Hold oh, on. What's Whale is real. Is that Dingus? True or... Which of these is real? Where Shark versus Where Whale? Or Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. One is M E G A, one is M E C H A.
1: I'm going to say the second one.
0: Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. You thinking you say that's the real movie?
4: Yeah.
0: All right, Dingus, You have two points. Kelly, Wand, Which of these is? Ah, uh, uh, that's an easy one. Nano Swarm versus Piranha, or Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh.
2: The second one's
0: real. Nanoswarm vs. Piranha is not a real movie. There actually is a Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Wait, that's what I'm saying. I said the second one's real. That's oh, did I second. say them in that order? I had them yeah. in a different order. All right, Kelly Wan, you have two points as well. Two Wait to two. a minute,
2: there's already a movie called Lake
1: Placid, and then they made a movie called Lake Placid.
0: There's actually a sequel to Lake Placid. I think <laughs> this is the third, technically, the third branded Lake Placid. I actually remembered it.
1: Because yeah, Lake Placid I... is the crappy of the two... Because right, we no, got several was the better. A, one.
0: I think it predated the good crocodile movies, like is from way before then.
1: All right,
0: and it has Betty White in it, a favorite of Kelly Wands. Right. Mm-hmm. Dingus, which of these is the real movie? Bravo Team versus Firestorm, or <clears throat> Airplane versus Volcano?
2: <clears throat> oh, I wish the second one's real.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no helping him, Kelly Wand. I love, oh, or maybe you're trying to mislead.
2: Him. I love Tom's
1: laugh at the. What was the first one called again?
0: Bravo team versus firestorm, or airplane versus volcano.
1: I choose. Uh, I choose Bravo team.
0: Dingus, that's not a real movie. There is airplane versus volcano.
4: No way. Yeah.
0: So the airplane is basically like the controls are, stu- are stuck in a circle, and it's in a, like a ring of. It's like in a ring of volcanoes.
1: A ring of fire, like. John, have to figure I have out how, to how. He wrote to, that song about.
0: They have to figure out how to get out of the volcano area before the plane gets burned up. I've actually seen that
1: one. All right. Good.
2: All right, Kelly Wand. That's not a versus. Though. You're in the lead, the, Kelly.
1: Don't... Kelly, you can take this.
2: Well, no, it's tied, and no. I have to get a point. Right, right.
0: Uh, it's not. It, it, you're right, Kelly Wand. It's misleading in that the it's the volcano messing with the airplane. The airplane couldn't do anything to mess with the volcano. But, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a terrible verses. Yeah. All right, Kelly Wand. Which of these is a real movie? Asteroid versus Earth, or man versus man? <laughs>
2: God, those both sound real. Um, and yet neither of them sound real.
1: Well, the latter is this podcast.
2: I'm going to say Asteroid vs. Earth is real. Kelly Wan, you win with three points. Ugh.
0: Uh, of all the movies on this list, I don't think, let's see, yeah, Asteroid vs. Earth is the one I haven't seen.
2: Uh, so, so you made a, I, I just, I, the reason I knew that was because man vs. man just sounds like something you'd make up. Uh, Thank you? Yep. All
0: right, congratulations on your win, Kelly Wand. Uh, Dingus, while you're – to make up for the fact that you are the loser, while while Kelly Wand is gloating and is considering things like going to Disneyland and stuff, why don't you tell the listeners what movie we saw this week while Kelly Wand and I celebrate his victory?
1: All right. Well, this week we saw Batman v. Superman. That's
0: not a real movie.
1: Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. A 2016 American action adventure fantasy superhero sequel DC Comics franchise movie.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: About how much better things are when the woman shows up. It was directed by Zack Snyder and written by Chris Terrio and David Goyer, based on Bob Kane and Will and Bill Finger, who are responsible for the first guy in the title, and Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Who are responsible for the second? It stars Gal Gadot, Holly Hunter, Diane Lane, and Amy Adams. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice is rated PG-13 for intense sequences of violence and action throughout, and some sensuality. What? Oh, the bat
0: scene.
2: No, just Wonder Woman.
1: It's the bathtub.
0: Okay. Uh, Batman v Superman, which I can't believe. I people forward. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. Wand. What ratings. Else
2: would you like to add to the ratings, Kelly? Alien bathing, visionary Zack Snyder, and some graphic novelization.
1: Um, I
2: thought
0: people were kidding about it being called Batman v Superman. Like it. it
2: yeah, it's they cut yes. the legal
0: case, right? Like, why is it? Were the comic books called that?
2: It is a legal case.
0: <laughs> I, <don't play> <laughs> I, I also it's never know if it's
1: V or VS for versus.
0: Well, well, all the movies I read you guys before that are real movies were VS. None of them was V. Uh, yeah. I've never heard of a movie that's not about that a legal case. I mean, Kramer v. Kramer, the point is it's called Kramer v. Kramer because it's a legal battle and a right. two people pitted against each other. I, I, yeah, so. Well, maybe, well this is supposed
1: to be, maybe this is supposed to be Batman V Superman.
0: The lowercase is that wouldn't work. Oh, it's not a Roman numeral. Yeah. Uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice is at twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Twenty nine percent of the reviews are positive. On Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, it's at forty four. Okay. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice made one hundred and seventy million dollars in its opening weekend. It is now the number six opening movie of all time. <laughs> It displaced one of the Harry Potter sequels. It's right there oh. behind Iron Man three. Uh, of the various records it sets, though, uh, as far as movies that make over one hundred and fifty million dollars in their opening weekend, it's the first one to be at lower than sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
4: Oof! Yeah.
0: Wait, the first what? So all of the the big openers that are at one hundred and fifty percent tend to be, you know, they tend to be enthusiastic. Reviews of them, maybe not all of them, uh, but it's the first one to get this low of a rotten, to, to be oh. this poorly received critically. Hmm. Yeah. Kelly Wand, I'd really, something I'd really like you to do for me. What? I would like you to explain to me what happened in this movie. I would like you to just sort of recount the events of the plot, not maybe, you know, word for word as they're written in the script, but maybe in shorter form as like a synopsis. If you were to do such a thing, Kelly Wand, what would it be called? What do you think it'd be called? I have no idea. There's so many options, aren't there? See, this seems like an embarrassment of riches.
2: (laughs) I'd call it the... You're half right. I'd call it the bopses. Yeah, that's what I was getting with, too. Just bopses.
0: All right, Kelly Wand, give us the bopses. I'm looking forward to this.
2: Wait, I can't guarantee that I can explain the movie better than Zack Snyder did. I can. Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Jopsis. Some words are all... Okay, so Man of Steel happened, Superman Returns didn't, but pretend Lex Luthor was in Man of Steel and died, and also Jesse Eisenberg was his son. Also, the Joker killed Robin, who exists in this universe, but wasn't necessarily Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Also, Kelly's right, Batman died at the end of Dark Knight Rises, and Affleck's a ghost in this. <laughs> <clears throat> Tom, you have questions?
0: <laughs> I, I just, I'm just i so glad this was cleared up, because it was the point of controversy for us after that last Dark Knight movie. You
2: know? I felt so glad when I saw those words on screen.
0: just it's vindicated, fun. weren't you? Vindicated.
2: Yeah. yeah, it made me f- realize the whole movie was going to be good. <laughs> it's already off to a good start. <laughs> also, Alfred's now a mechanic. But first, just to recap everyone's favorite part of the story, on their way home from Excalibur, 10-year-old Affleck saw... <laughs> so you can't have non-consensual sex with armor on. Good to know. His dad tousles his face and goes, shut up. Hey, Dad, so Mordred was the product of incest, right? Is that like what happens when a media conglomerate's shilling two different products that don't fit together, but they mash them up anyway, and the end result looks part shiny, but in reality, it's murky and awful and has demons in it? Wow. The, the parents look at each other wearily. Martha wanes all, don't look at me, I'm not even sure he's mine. Hey, Dad, this seems like a stupid way home. Were you just too cheap to spring for a taxi? Suddenly, a guy with a knife walks on screen and goes, All right, give me all your money, Uncle Ben. I mean, uh, Martha Wayne? (laughs) Instead of waiting for a response, he uses his knife to slow-mo Martha Wayne's pearl necklace, then stabs a rusty trombone. Hmm too soon the sadistic burglars all feel free to blame superman for all this now if you'll excuse me i got to go a couple blocks over to traumatize flash as a kid by shooting his step-grandmother it's a
3: limit (laughs) the
2: burglar walks away leaving behind all the pearls and money as a stylistic (laughs) choice just came by to kill the parents To spice up his origin story, Bruce Wayne walks to a well. He reads a sign at his feet that says, Please don't fall through plywood, looks down and smashes through the rotten wood to fall 50 feet into a stone well. Luckily, his brain breaks his fall. Some bats come and fly around in a misleadingly upward spiral. He loses interest in them, so they levitate him, ascending to safety while the soundtrack screeches in irritation. Some words are all, Thursday, 12.59 minutes into the flying around of the Superman. An old guy who works for Batfleck that we've never seen before and has no character traits or professional duties watches through 12-story skyscraper windows as alien death rays converge inexorably on his face from a thousand directions. Ben Affleck calls him from his product placement car and goes, Jack, thank God. (laughs) Hang on. <laughs> they need to calibrate.
1: <laughs> Calibrating Affleck? Calib- Califleck. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it too Costner. Be careful now.
2: No, no. He's coming. Save yes. it. Save it. It's a lot happening. Hey, you should get out of that building, probably. Also, all the other people standing around you. Those alien death rays may not be safe for human buildings. Jack's all, yes. He hangs up, clears his throat, <laughs> and goes, Okay, Mr. Batflex says you guys all need to get out and watch from street level as this building topples over on top of you. He blinks and looks around. The room's empty. It has been since he started talking. <laughs> he shakes his head and watches excitedly as the death ray slices toward him. He's all, oh, Father, Hail Mary, yes, Giorgio. He eventually dies of prayer. Down in the street, Batfleck parks. Scoot McNary's got a building on his legs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's all, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> Batfleck's
2: all. Really? You can't feel anything? It's a pretty big fucking building sitting on him. You must be pretty strong. A girder falls towards a little girl. Affleck tries to help, but it misses her. (laughs) (laughs) He's all, hey, so where's your mommy at? I don't do kids. Sobbing, she points up at a nearby skyscraper. Affleck gravely follows her gaze. From one of the windows, a woman waves at them and goes, hi, honey, I'll be right down. Affleck's all, shit, your mom's Karen? Ugh. He covers the kid's eyes. Don't look, baby. Don't look. Damn that Superman. He also wasn't much help with me against Bane or Mr. Freeze. Some words are all Nairomi, Iraqistan. Some people with bandanas open a box that say Oscorp. We mean Lexcorp on them. With hyphens. There's guns inside the box also labeled that. One by one, the terrorists all nod and snicker and look over at the terrorists next to them until suddenly one's all, Hey, you're Lois Lane. Everybody draws guns and points the matter. She's all, don't worry, I'm not a woman. Trust <laughs> I'm a journalist. What? <laughs> yeah, that's Amy Adams. This is not when I expected you to roll that out. I'm more famous for my prose than my judgment. (laughs) Bechtel. They unanimously decide to kill her. Superman walks on screen. The black terrorist of the bunch walks Lois into a brick wall room while Superman follows. The black Iraqi presses a gun to Lois' face and goes,
3: Okay, Superman, I don't know who Superman is, and seeing you smash through that stone wall just now does not compel
2: me to adjust my tactics, yet I'm still very threatening. So surrender unless you want to see what's inside her head. Superman's all. I see that all the time. I got X-ray vision. It's like you're holding a nickel hostage. Plus I'm a fucking trillionaire, right? Actually, wait. That's the other character. He flies the terrorist to safety. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate.
4: <laughs>
2: to celebrate. Did you know that the guy the terrorist kills is Jimmy Olsen, by the way? No, it's not. It's bull. No.
0: I mean, it's that I mean, maybe he intended that, but it's, there's no textual support for that, Kelly. Well, yeah. I, I read the thing as well. Yeah,
1: I didn't. I didn't That's even, what I'm I saying. Didn't hear that. Is, that? is that a theory? So, oh, good fucking lord! I
0: mean, we'll talk. No, it's not a theory. It's, it's the way he was originally going to shoot it is to make people is to cast someone famous as Jimmy Olsen and so then shoot him, and then shoot him. So that it was supposed to be shocking. And the way they going to have
2: Heisenberg.
0: Yeah, the way Zack Snyder explains it is they, were, they brought Jesse Eisenberg in to read for it, and Zack Snyder was just so enamored of Eisenberg's idiosyncrasies that he says to his wife, who's the producer, what do you think of him for Lex Luthor? Yeah. So. Oh,
2: really? That's
4: how,
2: yeah, so then – and that was the thing. They go, we're going to – we could still have fun with Jimmy Olsen. So they were going to make – they made him a CIA spook, and he was going to oh, be okay. Eisenberg. But since they changed <laughs> Eisenberg to Luthor – that guy gets shot, he's never named, as Tom noted. Well,
0: but, but no, he they, they just cut the scene where he's named. They, they, right, so now it's just a random guy getting shot in the head. It's a random guy getting shot that's in the, the head. But, guy. But they're, they're supposed to be, like, I don't know if they're supposed to be, like, Zack Snyder has said, we'll do an R-rated cut of this for the Blu-ray or
2: whatever. And announce the guy's name, and that's oh, the r him. Right. part of it? Right. Yeah. I know, what do you think of that?
0: You know what, let's get, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to stuff like that. Well, we've, got, we've already gotten to that. So Kelly Wand... I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Up from, yeah,
1: that's
2: fine. Yep. We'll, we'll edit all this out. <laughs> to celebrate her near-rape and torture and also getting captured and played for an idiot by the CIA, Lois takes a bath in her living room. Clark Kent comes in. <laughs> He's all, I feel conflicted. <laughs> She's all, thanks, stupid. Yes, Tom?
0: I, no, no, I just, your, your, your Henry Cavill is just... It's a little surprising, but I enjoyed it.
2: it. She's all, thanks, stupid. By the way, you're wearing your Clark Kent glasses and hat from the 1940s TV show, but I'll show you Superman tight. He's all, fuck, (laughs) takes the glasses off and crushes them to bits in his fist. She's all, I'll show you're wearing Green Lantern's ring and Captain America's shield. He's all, shit, I'm such an idiot, throws all that stuff out the window she 's all also hulk's pants you're wearing silver surfer's candy necklace and the Adams condom, finally stripped down to his reporter clothes sexily she 's all that's what I call plausible joint in the tub he's all yes, leaving his clothes out, he climbs into the tub and stares at her after a long awkward wet silence she 's all uh he's all I find your earth customs tedious. <laughs> She's all, speaking of which, she lifts up a rolled plastic baggie with a bullet in it and dangles it. Remember that thing? In the apartment beneath theirs, water begins dripping from cracks in the ceiling down on a bath mask while he's sitting in an armchair trying to read his paper. He scowls up at the dripping, widening crack at his ceiling and shakes his head, fuming with irritation. That's where it starts. (laughs) At least
1: least you've given him a motivation
4: Yeah.
2: See, they live above Wayne Manor. That's a crazy coincidence. They don't know either. Living below Superman and Lois Lane would suck. You see Batman's point.
1: (laughs) You've reduced this to a neighborhood.
2: This this is awesome. This is great. I look over at the girls from Sucker Punch sitting beside me and go, How did this movie-going experience get any more wretched? Suddenly I smell rotting meat and turn to see Princess Leia hobbling down the aisle towards me in a Wonder Woman bikini. Huh. She's all, Don't worry, I just spray-painted my Jabba wine. That's what part of the ozone smells from. She flicks her Jabba chain at me suggestively. Better make sure you tell the truth, Kelly. My Wonder Woman last show here's a polygraph. It was developed by my ancient Greek lesbian race to punish wayward males like Matter Eater Lad. So be careful or I'll make you take a sensual ride in my invisible plane. Thankfully, ushers arrive at this point and escort her to the exit <laughs> and hurl her through. Meanwhile, in the back, Cave, Alfred's all, Sir, I really must object to all this motor oil from your crankshaft. It tastes delicious. Bat flex, all, mm. He looks at the still-damp front page of his Daily Planet, shows a photo of Superman lifting a car to go, while a train in the background pops wheeling off the tracks and smashes into the car. The headline's all, critical train wreck. Batflex all, look at stupid man wearing a friggin' stupid letter on his chest instead of a blind boy fucking up my home city, Gotham. I mean, Metropolis. Who's that asshole think he is, putting on a superhero costume, working outside the law? Doesn't even brand his victims. No car. Amateur. Well, guess what? cow smell. nobody treats civilians as collateral damage in Maya, his adjacent suburb. I 'm going to take his ass out, no matter what the cost. He goes into his tire room and beats on a tire with a hammer while shouting. <laughs> the tire remains unharmed Batman. Meanwhile, Holly Hunter's a senator. <laughs> She's in a lab where Lex Luthor works for the government. He's played by Jim Carrey. He's all <laughs> well, well, Senator Hunter, what uh, Jim
4: Carrey?
2: As Plato once said, "Fear itself." <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a genius too—not just weird. Suck it, Ledger. <laughs> Woo. Holly Hunter's all nice to try, Sonny, but I hate my grandma and her shitty iced tea, so I've decided not to grant your application to mineralogy school. A man with glasses we've never seen before walks on screen, claps Lex's shoulder, and goes, And I've decided to grant it. To solve his Holly Hunter issues, Lex Luthor gets Scoot McNary an actual scooter to ride around in. <laughs> That's Zach, in connections. Meanwhile, in the Batcave. Master Wayne, I asked for a blowtorch. Kindly remove that bat shaped monstrosity from my face. Sorry, Alfred, I just get so upset. Listen to this Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Laden Egg, an by some poindexter named Clark Kent. From its relentless incoherence to Snydy's tra- trademark hackneyed slow mo. God damn it, fuck these minimum wage nothings. I do a lot of good for this city. Hold me. That reminds me, the bat signal accidentally showed into an old lady's apartment, colorblinded her dog this morning. Suing says she'll settle for a scooter like McNair is. Sir, you're a little heavy. Maybe take the costume off. It's okay, Alfred. Also, it's called body armor. And I'm not saying Trump's right about everything, but putting up a wall to keep out Kryptonians could be better for job creators. (laughs) Speaking of which, here, you're invited to a speech Jesse Eisenberg's delivering about Alexander the Great. Later...
3: My father once tried to make a supercontinent out of kryptonite. (laughs) Just off the coast of Metropolis, but also Gotham. (laughs) His plan was to corner the real estate market, he'd tell me.
2: (laughs) I think he ended up eating Parker Posey and a poodle on an island somewhere. (laughs) As Alexander the Great said, by failing to prepare... Actually, that might have been Ben Franklin. He hit and raped me, by the way, which is why I no longer believe the Bible exists. My dad, I mean, not Ben Franklin. Boy, tough room. <laughs> if I could bring the house down for a second. He gestures and Scoot McNary, putters on stage on his scooter. Jimmy Olsen's ghost starts doing a slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, near the cocktail weenies, I'm the of woman. <laughs> I was unexplicably absent from events in the first movie. You must be Batman. You have spilled ranch dressing on your pants and jacket. I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. I'm just ordinary, played boilionaire uh, Bruce Wayne. So obviously, I couldn't be uh, that name you said over there. You're not Batman. <laughs> Who else in this town could afford to construct Batmobile in the Batplane? You are the only billionaire in City. It's a stupid cover story. Plus your lapel, your shoes, your cufflinks, they all have Batman logo on them. <laughs> Fucking Alfred.
3: <laughs> Superman's all. Mind if I walk on screen? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, the Superman.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is he even in that scene? Remember. Ah, yes, the Superman. Also, very bad disguise. Newspaper reporter, age of digital media. That should have been Vetconned out before the Richard Pryor. Well, well, the Cape Crusader <laughs> versus the Man of Steel <laughs> and the Woman of Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you on, Wonder Woman? <laughs> I'm just hanging out in this movie for promotional reasons. Her beeper goes off. She's all set. All you get till end. Goodbye. She leaves. <laughs> in the background, the Riddler and the Joker are arguing about which of them's which.
3: That night. Hi, son. It's me, your dad, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Remember when we climbed Mount Everest together? Now, hang on, a while i tell you what. These pitons with my wiener. Yeah, I really miss you, Pops. Wait,
2: hang on. You Superman, sir, father. Mine's a British butler, which accounts for the great darkness pervading my
3: life. What the fuck are you doing in my dream? Something that's not important right now. <laughs> I of advised through exposition because I was in the first movie, just like Obi-Wan Kenobi, Leonard Nimoy, and Russell Crowe in the first movie.
2: Well, Pop, I sure miss yous the way you handled that tornado in Man of Steel was really inspiring to Tom and Dingus.
3: Well, son... <laughs> well, son, we all deal with the prospect of living with your mother for decades to come in our own way. Now remember, the spear of Loki must be dropped in the water first by Lois if you want to defeat the dinosaur. <laughs> Jesus, Pop. How am I supposed to remember all that shit? We can't you just write
2: it down? Yeah, hang on. And wanders on screen and goes... Peter, only by throwing Khazar's lowen cloth into the wormhole when the soundtrack's at its loudest can you hope to retcon Thanos' baby shah. Oh, sorry, wrong dream. <laughs> she jumps off the mountain. Costner grins down at Aunt May's receding bloomers and goes, Not bad. Alfred wakes up screaming. He looks over at the empty bed beside him and screams again. The next day, on the floor of the Metropolis Gotham Senate, Superman, thank you for appearing to testify today. It's me, Holly Hunter. You're still wearing your Clark Kent glasses, by the way. Also, Mr. McNary, if you could park that thing, please. That's the fifth podium you've knocked down. Mr. Superman, you don't need to raise your hand to speak. Yeah, actually, ma'am, I'm uh, wearing these glasses on purpose. Uh, this time, since I'm covering this event, as a reporter for the Daily Planet. Also, for my blog, Superman's a piece of shit. Calm. Hashtag straight out of Krypton, which is why I'm holding a skateboard. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, now, normally... It- Fuck, i got costs in my head now. (laughs) Get out of there. Holly Hunters, all. (laughs) Okay, thank you for that. Now, normally at this point we swear you in, but Zack thought that the image of Superman placed his hand on a Bible might be too subtle. Mr. Man, (laughs) tell me, how long have you been a Kryptonian, and what is the plot of this movie? Everything (laughs) is... A newspaper headlines all. Jesse Eisenberg blows up UN building with a jar of urine. Batman arbitrarily blames Superman. <laughs> Batflex slams down the newspaper and goes, Damn his perfect ass. Master Wayne, you're rippling our bathwater. You say that now, Alphonse, but if there's a 1% chance I haven't thought things through with this idiotic grudge with Superman, it's an absolute certainty. Grunting and still naked, he laboriously slides up the Batpole into his garage, starts up the Fleckmobile, and drives it into town to go shoot people. They shoot machine guns at him, but he tricks them by having a bigger machine gun. He drives around until his Batmobile bounces off Superman and explodes. Choking on smoke, Batfleck staggers from the blast and collapses at Superman's feet. He's all, yo, that was for Robin and Zod. Oh yeah, listen to that shit. I have catch you monkeying around out here again in your little car, and I'm gonna super your head off, just like I did to Mister Mixoplak in the Kevin Smith Nicholas Cage draft. Now go on, get out of here. Take your stupid toys with you, you jerk off. Oh yeah, you listen. No one blows shit up in Gotham or wrecks my car except one person. Me. I'm the world's greatest detective, bitch. So you're gonna apologize for being a slap in the face of vigilantism. We're taking this to the next level. Pfft, detective, I'm the world's greatest reporter, and I don't even have a journalism degree. Fuck out of here. You fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, you want to go? I'm here, ain't I? Fuck you looking at, Lois. Hey, yo, you don't talk to her. You talk to me. Talking to you is like talking to my ass. Guess what, crime fighter? Your ass don't got shit in it. Hey, yo, you don't talk about my ass. My ass is out of your league, peach. Why don't you go flying back to Planet Fuckstick or wherever? Yeah, why don't you fly back to your little cave and suck off your buttlet? That's right. I forgot. You can't fly. Way to name yourself after something. Oh, yeah? Guess what? You bleed? Yeah. Well, you will. Wait, he said yes? Shit. Superman flies off while Batflick shakes his fist at his retreating speck. Wonder Woman <laughs> walks on screen shaking her head at Batman. This is like watching two pieces of milk toast biodegrade. <laughs> Meanwhile, near some CG. Freeze, hands where I can see him. Oh, you're that annoying dorky kid who blew up the UN? Go right on ahead. Spaceship's that uh green screen on your left. <laughs> Welcome to General Zod's spaceship. I possess the knowledge of 100,000 worlds, although your third grade fingerprint ruse fooled me. This language is known as broken English. Ho ho, uh-huh, merry go round we go. Where she stops, the weasel shall bro. God and man, devil and earth can't smoke a little. Now you are putting the body of General Zod into my water room. I thought you were Zod. Now you are pouring your blood in also. That's right, I want you to make a dinosaur out of my blood and Zod's body, but make sure it doesn't hatch till the second all my other plans fail. General Zod programmed me not to make dinosaurs out of his body and ape blood. Look, I have his fingerprints, therefore you have to do what my voice says. Alexander the Great. Dinosaur creation, be god. To celebrate losing his hit and run to Superman, Batfleck opens his email and watches YouTube videos <laughs> of Aquaman squirting ink out of his swim trunks and stabbing the audience, the Flash robbing a liquor store and a black dude in a garage turning into a butterfly. Dawn of justice. Meanwhile, Eisenberg somehow (laughs) figures out that Diane Lane's Superman's mom and gets a bunch of hoodlums to stare at her in a building. Since none of that summons Superman, and Superman apparently doesn't have a phone, Eisenberg sighs and throws Lois off the building.
3: (laughs) That happens. Yep. Exactly as I described it.
2: Superman catches her, sets her aside to go play with the spear. Flies to the top of the building and goes, "Yeah, Eisenberg's all fight, Batman." <laughs> Superman's all, "Yes." Batflex tire beating pays off. He soon has Superman on the ropes while no one in the city watches or cares. Batflex all, "So long, super bitch. This is what you get for doing whatever just happened." Wait, our mothers. They have the same first name. Over there. Batfleck makes an expression and releases him. They hug, sobbing and laughing at the same time. Batfleck's all. Wait, shouldn't my mom have been in my dreams a little if she was the linchpin? Superman's all. Look, quit the overthinking shit. The important thing is that we now agree on everything. They hug. Nearby, someone starts doing a slow clap. They look over to see Wonder Woman shaking her head. <laughs> She's all... i see seen why so many people wanted to see this. Zack Snyder is a Homer. More like Homer Simpson, though. No? Batman and Superman exchange glances and crack their knuckles and start advancing on her. Batman. You know what, sugar tits? I think we've all had just about enough of your lip. <laughs> yeah, we're doing our best over here. We're working shit out like men, because that's what we do. Let's teach this dame a little respect and make the title of the movie just a little longer. Pete, stop. Mean mother's name was also Masa. <laughs> They're all aww. They link hands and form a circle of love. Nearby, someone does a slow clap. It's Eisenberg. He's all, my mother's name was Marsha. <laughs> Reluctantly, after a brief huddle, they allow him to join the circle. Nearby, someone does a slow clap. <laughs> they look over. It's Matt Damon in a spacesuit. I was in a movie called The Martian. He comes over and forces Affleck and Eisenberg to take his hands. Affleck's, I had this. They stand in silence for a bit. Eventually, a timid, slow clap makes them all wearily look over yet again. It's Hitler. He's all, my mother's name was Clara. But what does genealogy matter? He joins the circle. After a bit, Hitler looks at Superman and goes, by the way, I really enjoyed your Senate hearing. A bunch of stuff involving a dinosaur happens. Eventually they turn it into CG, although not without Superman dying from stabbing it. <laughs> At Superman's funeral, which Hitler attends on a McNary scooter, Batfleck nudges aside the priest in mid-eulogy and goes, For the last couple of seconds of his life, Superman and I was mild acquaintances over there, which is why I hereby wish to satisfy his never-once-articulated lifelong dream of forming a supergroup called the Justice League of America. You don't have to be American to join, by the way. We got, like, a meth head and his name over there carried someone in a picture from 1902. We got Count Drogo, and also uh, we got a black character. So, yeah. I guess, you know, the Superman being so much powerful than all of us put together, if he winds up coming back to life in some half-assed way, it makes sense to just dissolve the group immediately. But thank you all for your time. I'll be serving cheese balls at Wayne Manor and also food for anybody who wants to grieve in class. Thank you all for sitting around while I said all this shit. He drops the mic and makes V signs as he walks off stage. <laughs> stage the funeral. Mm -hmm. Two gravediggers start shoveling dirt onto Superman's coffin. The dirt clods pelting the casket start levitating upwards mysteriously while the soundtrack screams, and the gravedigger supervisor looks at the rising tendrils of dirt. He's all, can't you idiots do anything, right? (laughs) I look over at Stan Lee and go, one-sided matchups indeed. The end. Carry I, uh, your Jesse Eisenberg is impeccable. (laughs) It really is, wow. (laughs) Well, I I feel
0: like I feel like he looked to
2: you for inspiration for that role. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just living in his world, and he's just living in Zach and Deborah Snyder's world because they saw something in him that I'm really just holding the mirror up to society. From amazing.
0: Uh, All right, let's see what was wrong with this movie. How could it have not been as terrible as it was? Is there anything in it salvageable? Um, Who wants to go first?
2: I don't want to talk anymore, ever again. <laughs> that, that, it is pretty
0: wearying, isn't it? I mean, it's a long movie, but I just—it's just. It's, just, it's,
1: it's long worth seeing though. The premise is idiotic. I don't understand the yeah. premise. I mean, well, the yeah, premise yeah. is
0: the premise is comic books do this, so why can't movies? And Marvels had great success jamming their properties together, so why can't DC? I mean, well, the premise is I think entirely commercial, and not creative.
1: I, right. I don't understand why, I mean, Batman's just such a petulant dick in this movie. I don't understand, I don't understand even why they're doing it. I mean, I understand, yeah, why I understand from reading that um, this is supposed to be based, you know, or taking inspiration from some Frank Miller thread about Dark Knight Returns or something. But I, I don't understand what the fuck Batman is doing and or why he, he just seems like such a dick. He's just a petulant dick. I mean why, why does that – why do they even do this? I don't even – the only, the only good thing about this movie as far as I'm concerned is Wonder Woman. That's it.
0: Um, and I don't even think based on – it's just the fact that – I mean I, I think Wonder Woman, by the way, like so many parts in this movie is horribly miscast. And I think it says a lot about your movie when the best thing in it is a, a miscast Wonder Woman. Yeah, well,
1: I, don't, I don't agree that she's miscast. Oh,
0: I thought she was terrible. Why? Why do you not think she was miscasting? It's like what? Uh, what, what Maybe what?
1: because I was just so relieved that there was some life in the movie. I mean, the movie doesn't come to life until she comes, until she finally gets around to making a decision. Until some woman in the movie finally gets around to making a decision to do something.
0: Uh, uh. I think. I I think that dingus is has less to do with Gal Gadot or even the character, and more to do. With Zack Snyder's fetishistic fondness for kick-ass women, for for women in fight scenes,
1: probably, probably. I mean, you, you certainly see um, the fact that she's dressed in a way that the men aren't dressed, and we get a we get a lot of we get like this, this shot of her getting thrown to the ground, and we get this shot of her crotch basically. And you know, we might see men's chests every now and then, but we don't see them shot the way that the women are shot, or a woman is shot. Uh, but but regardless, at least when she shows up, life life comes to the movie and even the music changes. I mean,
4: uh,
1: <laughs> other than that, I, I don't know why the fuck Batman is I – mean, what the fuck is Batman doing? I don't understand why he I – mean, I don't understand anything mismatch. that's going on in this movie. The only good thing I liked about the beginning of the movie was because I had just watched Man of Steel. And you get to see this – this different POV because all of that stuff in the city you're suddenly seeing from a different POV and it's kind of interesting. It's like it's it's kind of sparking at the beginning because all of that 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 ending um, city smashing stuff that I think I disagreed with you guys on for Man of Steel the first time we saw it you get to see from Bruce Wayne's point of view why he's in the city I don't know to save his building whoever the fuck what, but I, I don't know what Batman's beef is what the fuck is wrong with him
0: uh, what's wrong with him is I, I think this is so my takeaway from this movie isn't that Superman is dead which please I, the, the fact that that's even toyed with is ridiculous and yeah. the, the last shot is the levitating dirt I mean under the dumpster under right the exactly dumpster. Yeah, like, like, didn't expect, no, nobody is believing that Superman is dead but my takeaway uh-huh. from this movie is that Batman is dead because I, I don't know Batman except from the movies Oh, in video games, I should say uh, I thought batman 's whole deal was that he was conflicted about killing, and there 's no sign of that here, and i 'm pretty sure he wants to kill Superman like I think he 's supposed right. he 's going to impale him with that spear, like that's I think that 's why he plans the spear. I think what his plan is. It's to kill this guy who he feels threatened by, and it makes no sense. You're right, Pingus. But what furthermore makes no sense is that he's using guns against people, and one of them's a dream sequence, sure. But when he's flying around the Batplane, he's like strafing people in cars, and the cars blow up. And when he's driving right. around the Batmobile, he's killing people. Right. And, and he brands people. He, he brands them, and that I could almost see like the Bruce Wayne I know from movies, maybe nice. cracking and, and – and, And and injuring people and, and, like, torturing people. Why are we rooting for this guy?
1: He's a vigilante. I mean, he's he's allowed to do those kinds of things, except for killing. I mean, Chris Parkinson wrote in and said the same thing. He seems to kill a lot of bad guys.
0: And so for me, the interpretation of Batman here, at least one of the things I liked about it, is that he was this dark character conflicted about killing. Um, I I thought that was an interesting Batman trait. When you play these Batman games, by the way, part of what's cool about them is that you're never – Uh, just picking up a gun and running around shooting people, which was one of the easiest things to do in a video game, and the Batman video games have to work their way around that. Um, So the Batman I've come to know, and I think the movies are are in line with this, is a Batman who just doesn't want to kill people. Uh, Even in the most recent game, he puts a, a cannon on the Batmobile, but he only fights, he only uses it against drone tanks, like the tanks that he's blowing up in the fiction of the game, and it's ridiculous. They're like, nobody's in the tank. It's remote-controlled. It's okay to blow up. And when you shoot the gun at people, it's a concussive round, and it doesn't kill them. So this movie completely dispenses with this, I thought, identifying bit of bat- Batman. But more importantly, I think the problem with this, uh, Ben Affleck is so inappropriate because – so Ben Affleck, I, I, he's directed some good movies, and I think part of where he has a problem and where I lose him is when he wants to sit in the middle of a movie and work under the misconception that he has the quiet brooding intensity of like Robert De Niro or Daniel Day-Lewis which he doesn't have at all. You know, The difference between the town and Argo is the town is all about that conception of himself. Argo is generous enough that there's enough characters in there and it's not so preoccupied with how quietly intense and brooding Ben Affleck is that it can get around that. Batman, you know, this is not a Batman thing, and and he doesn't have—he doesn't have that quality that I think we associate with Batman. He's got the airy warmth of a privileged celebrity. You know, that's how I see Ben Affleck, and he's great as Bruce Wayne arriving at a party, but as 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 Bruce Wayne uh, talking to Alfred, as Bruce Wayne worrying about killing people, as Batman in the in the outfit.  … … where they actually had to deepen his voice because Ben Affleck's real voice is kind of this wheedling uh, – I mean, say what you have. The guy looks great. He's a handsome fella, but he doesn't have this cool deep voice that someone like Christian Bale has. So they had to augment that electronically and then explain to us why they're doing it. Uh,
1: Which I thought was, was kind of a, a nod to or a, an explanation for the, all the jokes about Christian Bale's voice. I thought that thing about the, the microphone… That Alfred makes that thing about where he's talking about troubleshooting the microphone and them using it It as an actual microphone was sort of a nod toward that.
0: I thought it was just a nod to the fact that he's got the chin but not
1: the voice. (laughs) Right. Well, maybe, but I I also think it was an understanding of the fact that everybody makes fun of Christian Bale's voice. Well, it's always been microphoned, and, and that's why it sounds like that.
0: Oh, like a retconning explanation for why Christian Bale is is sounding funny. Okay, yeah, but
1: as a as sort of an as sort of a wink.
0: Thing is here, I, so that's another problem with this movie. It is so ponderous and full of itself, and yeah. without any sort of humor or playfulness. Um, so I I don't th- I, there's no winking in this movie as far as I can tell. This movie well, is there's, there's so, only, you know,
1: so there's only...
0: capital I important that when finally someone comes along and makes a joke like two hours in, it's like where. Where did this come from? It feels right, so right. weird and out of place with that, uh, you know, I figured you with my son it was a cape thing. Like, there is no conception that we've uh, been in a world that is aware of the humor and the absurdity of a cape. And, you know, a, a Joss Whedon Avengers, that would be, it would be shot through with that kind of playfulness and self awareness.
1: Mm. Well, this movie has no understanding of what you need, that you need an Iron Man character.
2: It doesn't have an understanding of basic. Like, I, there's, no, there's no story telling craft in the entire first hour like i was really trying to follow what was going on and i couldn't i i think what he's doing um because dark knight had a bunch of it was keeping a lot of plates spinning at the same time too like there was i remember it being a really convoluted plot but never being confused
0: well yeah i mean this it's, is just like word salad Dark Knight, though, I mean, that's a tough comparison. That's that's uh, masterwork. I mean, that's the, the, the Nolan brothers just at their at top form. But they wanted that right.
2: vibe. Right, right. Yeah. But, like, this Here's... is trying to be that So does
1: Christopher Nolan produce this just because he's part of the property? I mean, I is, who knows? He, he winds up <laughs> as a producer on this. Is it just because that's, part of, that's contractual? I mean, he obviously has nothing to do with this because, I mean, as you said, Tom – Dark Knight is a masterwork and and I just watched the intro of that again tonight. And, and being able to embed the humor of the movie within the Joker in a way that makes black humor sense and still makes the movie feel important without being light. It's it's a totally different movie than these kinds of movies are. I mean, I could I feel like I could show this movie to my kid. I'm not going to show Dark Knight to my kid. Um mm. Well, so, so does Christopher Nolan just wind up though? as a producer? I mean, I have no idea why that happens.
0: Yeah, as I, my my guess uh, – and this is what I was struck watching it and thinking, okay, I could see how this might not suck if it were done a little differently. I can see a kernel of maybe what could be interesting. It seems like he was trying to redo Watchmen with licensed characters. Oh. This whole idea of the nature oh. of, of, of power and how superheroes could be gods and how – what they want to do can be corrupted by pettiness or, or just mistaken readings of motives. Um, Watchmen is this, – this movie has the tone – and I, I liked Watchmen, by the way. I didn't have any problem with how different it was from the comics because I don't know the comics. Watchmen, to me, might as well have been created out of, out of whole cloth. Uh, but this movie seemed to be wanting to raise some of the issues that uh, Neil Gaiman – or no um, – Alan Moore. No, more. Yeah. That he, that he talked about in Watchmen. It seemed like Zack Snyder was like, okay, I made Watchmen. Let's now do it with characters that will get audiences in the seats. And I,
1: you mean more family friendly?
0: No, no, no. More a brand like, uh, cause this, uh. I would say the fact that this movie did so well, of course has nothing to do with, with its critical reception, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's rightly being described as risable. I, I think this isn't getting good reviews. Uh, this movie is, uh, it, it, you know, this movie makes money because movies these days are events that you show up for early on because they're part of a, a series of overlapping marketing and brand awareness strategies. You know, they're franchises and sequels. So this movie did well because people know who these people are. So I could see Zack Snyder being attracted to this as I'm going to explore the same things I explored in Watchmen, but I'm going to do it with characters. That the audience already knows and cares about, where there's a pre existing hook um, it's like telling the story with the Greek gods, for instance, is you have these fixtures right. that are in the public awareness and you use them to create new and different kinds of stories but so
1: I, yes. I also, go ahead, Tom,
0: well, I just you know thing as you. You uh, once said something about, like, you didn't feel the artist should exist because – well, not that it shouldn't exist, but for you it didn't work because you had Singing in the Rain. They were kind of redundant to you.
4: Oh, the this, artist movie, yeah.
0: yeah. This, to me, I think I understand what you're getting at because I don't think there's any reason for this movie to exist when Watchmen already exists.
2: Um, well, it's a commercial for other fucking movies that are already – Yeah, yeah, it's part of I, that whole franchise overlapping marketing. Which we knew going in, and, but Marvel does it in like, – they at least have an event at the center like i'm a I'm an Avengers detractor, but they were at least selling the movie like this isn't even selling this itself it's just selling other shit it's
1: it's selling a franchise that it's you amazing. can sell that 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 kids can go to and and you know Watchmen, three hundred um the other movies that he had done before aren't movies that you can get kids to go to you can Why would get kids. You can get kids to go to this, and this this guy also did the the Legend of Gahul. He did that movie, so so it's clear what he's doing is tacking toward a wider audience.
2: Yeah, hey, but why can't it make it fun then? I don't understand.
1: I think that what he's trying to do is tack to a, toward a franchise that can bring kids in because. You know, this is in a pre... When he's making this, is in a pre-Deadpool world where Deadpool has made so much money. By the way, uh, Deadpool is is my over. Uh, you know, I might as well bring that up. Um, mainly because I, 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 when I'm bracketing these movies, and I, I, obviously I don't think Deadpool is as bad as this movie, even though I didn't like it. But uh, for me, it's like there, there's a female character who should have been a much bigger part of the movie. And I think Gina Carano as Angel Dust should have been the main bad guy, instead of just chewing on a match, instead of whoever that stupid guy was, that was the bad guy. Um So, so in a pre Deadpool world before like a superhero movie that was an R rated movie made, I don't know how, what it's up to, like $700 million now. Um, Zack Snyder, I think is tacking over toward Avengers or toward Marvel so that, so that he can make movies, you know, as opposed to Watchmen, like Tom said, the reason this exists is, well, let me try to make this wider so that I can get kids and their parents in.
0: I think you're giving Zack Snyder too much credit for this existing thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is Warner Brothers in DC. You know, Warner Brothers coveting the Disney license with Star Wars and Marvel, and right. they're wanting to imitate what uh, the Marvel success story. Well, uh, so they hire yeah, they hired Zack Snyder
1: creating it. I'm, giving, I'm I'm saying this is why. He would move over to this property because he wants to be able to have more appeal. You know, he might have started off doing things like 300 and Watchmen and Dawn of the Dead, but now he wants to make things like, uh, you know, the Guardians of Gahul or whatever that is, which I tried to watch and couldn't even stand, um, and move on to things that are more family, not family. He already
0: did did The Man of Steel, though, didn't he?
1: Like, he's kind of, this is him.
4: Yeah, 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 this is him.
1: this is tacking. I mean this that's why I use that, that term. He's he's kind of like trying to 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 uh to suss out the winds and, and get to where where he can be more of a popular director rather than a niche, a niche director. Whereas three hundred is an awesome movie, I think, in in its own way, um as far as what he's able to do. I mean I didn't like it at the time, but watching it a couple of more times, I, I like what he's doing with it and I understand his what he's doing with it. I think trying to do this is the reason he's doing this, to try to answer your question, Tom, as to why this exists in the same universe as Watchmen, is that he's trying to widen his appeal.
0: Right. Oh, I don't have that question. I mean I, I know why this exists. But I, when I'm looking at this and thinking how bad it is and how self-important it is and why it's humorless and it doesn't wink and why it takes itself so seriously to its detriment – I mean it's so ponderous
4: – Right. is yeah. that I, I
0: think his, his – his, uh, Pattern, basically, his template is Watchmen. Um, right.
3: And well, I think he wants to tell, tell a story me.
0: about about the nature of power and how superheroes are like gods because I liked, for instance, um, that montage where people – like famous people like Andrew Sullivan and they got Neil deGrasse Tyson out where they're talking about Superman and there's a montage of him doing different stuff. I mean it was cheesy. It was heavy-handed, but I enjoyed that. Um, it's an idea. Like, it's weekend. an idea, exactly. It's finally an idea in, in this otherwise just ponderous mess, uh, and maybe uh, because the rest of it was so ponderous, but I liked that little bit, and it reminded me of Watchmen, of let's explore what if superheroes were real in the real world that we know. Right.
1: Uh, well, that's, uh, one, that's one yeah. of the reasons why I liked Man of Steel more than you guys did because, uh, because of that element of gods fighting on Earth. Um, and what if that really happened? And how would we deal with that? And that's why the Batman being such a petulant dick pisses me off.
0: I I also think Super like they but they, I think one of the appeals of having Batman versus Superman is they're so different from each other. With Zack Snyder's interpretation, they they're weren't the that same different. Dude. They that's were some, both yeah. like super broody, right? Like this angry is a, guys.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. Which I was like, who I, was I? Was that, who was? That? The whole point of Batman versus Superman is one of them is Silver Age, one of them is whatever you call non Silver Age superheroes. I mean, one of them is the dark stuff, one of them is the light stuff from comic books. Throw mm-hmm. them together. But Zack Snyder has no sense for They're how they both to, dark. Yeah, exactly. That, that just seemed like a weird decision. They both fight the same way.
1: Even. And the movie's the all darkness, it's all fought in darkness. He
2: doesn't use his vision on the chin. That'd be my first move.
0: Why does that that stupid open chin thing is a, like? His, yeah. There were so many things in this that I just thought were so wrong and didn't work. And and his stupid like Superman fighting RoboCop suit was ridiculous, especially because he's got his mouth and chin open there. That's
2: ridiculous. Yeah.
0: what the heck kind of helmet is that? Put it, you know, go over the full Iron Man. Iron Man doesn't have his mouth and chin That's hanging just, out.
2: <laughs> everything I just the vibe of this movie is like we're just must be grateful. To see all these things happen. Well,
0: yeah, like we're, oh, like the fanboys won't care. They're just gonna be so excited to see this. Yeah, kind of it's really going the big on? Budget, yeah. My so yeah, well, the thing is, I'm curious as as uh, as the uh, one on this podcast who is raising a child, uh, and we did talk a lot about uh, Deadpool, and I know your son really wanted to see it, and it's clearly not for kids. How did you feel this would be for kids? Like, how did you feel about? The potential and actual, actually, the reality of tons of kids going to see this. Was there anything in it that, that you that you had an issue with?
1: Uh, no, there's nothing in it. I mean, other than it being boring. Um,
0: and that, by the way, I love that you bring that up. Like that was my main problem with the prequels. Is oh my god, you're boring kids with Star Wars. Star Wars should never be right. boring. Uh,
1: right. Like you know, my kid didn't want to see this because he's a Marvel kid. Um, he's totally into that universe. Um, but knowing that this exists and that I've seen it, he's like, Dad, when are you going to take me to this? Because it's, this it's a movie that we else. can go to together. It's mm-hmm. not just that there's nothing else. It's that, you know, he wants an experience with his dad. Um, it's more about that than anything. Um, and I, it, I don't think there's anything objectionable. It's just, other than it being boring. Um, I, I don't I, think there's anything inappropriate other than it. Honestly, there's, there's long stretches of time. And this happens. I'm afraid with a lot of Zack Snyder's movies. I mean this is what I found watching Dawn of the Dead and you guys have talked about this before how how great that opening sequence is. And then there's long stretches of time where they're just sitting around the mall like jacking off and not doing anything. And it feels like like a reality show where you like they just haven't edited it. Um, th- there's a lot of this movie where I'm just if I when when, I, when and if I take Kieran into it it's like uh, he's just going to be bored by so much of it. and It's dark and it's boring and it's tiring. And until Wonder Woman shows up, there's no life in the movie.
2: Here's what I don't get: is if okay, so, the rating system is gives Dark Knight and this the same rating. They're both PG-13. So if the rating system works, then wouldn't. And you would take Kiernan to this, wouldn't you just take him to Dark Knight, too? Well, Well, no, no, because... because...
0: There are hard R's and soft R's. There are hard PG-13's and soft PG-13's. I mean, Dark Knight is clearly a hard PG-13. I cut you off, though, Dingus. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to ask you, Tom. What do you think? Oh, I I think this is... You know know my son very well, um, but you also know me. I mean, what do you think about this?
0: Uh, My problem with this, and I didn't know if you would react to it, is this idea of, like, Batman killing people. Like, it it felt really tone-deaf, the end of Man of Steel that we had all these building collapses everywhere. everywhere. And there was this idea that thousands of people are dying. And I don't don't think Zack Snyder, I I think he was just tone deaf to it. And it was very fortuitous that this movie gets to see that, as you said, from another perspective. And he gets to say, oh yeah, that was terrible. Right. Uh, Let me get to that now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So to me, it seems tone deaf that, that batman is uh is happy to kill people, and that both characters are so brooding and self preoccupied and and kind of weirdly petty, like that would bother me a kid seeing this interpretation of heroes who I think have valuable things to teach children i mean they're fixtures of storytelling for adults and children, but one of the cool things about superheroes, Deadpool and aside, for instance uh is that kids can learn things from them. They can be cool role models for kids. And the stuff that makes Superman cool and Batman cool, Zack Snyder just chucks in the script. So I like the idea that in Dark Knight, he won't kill the Joker. And the Joker knows that and wants him to kill him. You, you know, that, that, that ultimately Dark Knight has a lot of stuff going on, but one of the things that has going on in it is the importance of human life. To people who care about law and order and things like justice, Ugh. and Zack Snyder's completely lost sight of, of that. Superman, uh, the, you know, the, there's the, there should be this relentless goodness about him, and his superhumanness isn't just his power, but his his compassion and his love for humanity and his protectiveness towards the world. There's something almost maternal a- about Superman, and Zack Snyder, all of that gets lost here. He, I think he even says at one point something along the lines of, I don't care about the world. I just care about you. Like he declares his love to Lois Lane, and he expects – Zack Snyder plays this like it's supposed to be an important romantic moment. But I see it as kind of Superman betraying what he stands for, and now being a dude is just really into a chick. Uh, like and, Avatar. Well, just, I, I just think it's tone deaf, and I wouldn't want a child to see this. And it's not that I wouldn't want a child to see it. My concern about children seeing this is it's is betraying important points of – Important things about these superheroes and what they can teach children. Uh, and that's what bothers me
2: about children. Well, and who they are, it's out of character. Like, I don't really care about the kid anymore. And, it, and it's, so, Kelly Wand, as of- is a, is a
0: guy who normally says, I don't care about source
2: material, do whatever you want with your vision of it,
0: you know, the problem with this is that Zack Snyder's vision is so ham handed. But an ancillary problem of it is, as you say, Kelly Wand, it's out of character in ways that I think betrays what's cool about the characters.
2: Yes. So. Yeah, and well, they're remember- only defined by their their RoboCop suits and stuff. And there well, do,
1: you, do you remember the themselves. moment in Man of Steel yeah. where Superman comes to grips with that?
0: Yeah, the, the goofy decision at the end with do I save the family or do I kill uh, Zod? That thing
1: because right. he actually has to kill somebody. Now, Zack right. right. Snyder has ignored the fact that they've crashed through a thousand buildings, but right. these are two gods fighting. They're they're two gods fighting among uh, amongst ants, but Superman doesn't have any choice in that. He he can't stop. Zod steamrolling over all of these buildings or punching him through them, he has to stop Zod, and, and if people are going to die when he's being punched through a building, there's nothing Superman can do about that. But his actual decision to actually kill somebody is a big deal for him.
0: Right, which by the way I think is, uh, is a stupid contrived setup that – I don't read Superman comics, but I, I would be surprised if that sort of thing is part of Superman comics because it makes zero sense – in terms of the character's uh, moral calculus. Like, he should right. have no conflict about saving human beings and having to kill uh, an, an evil person to save, I don't know how many people in that family, four good people. Um, that That's not really, like, that's a typical Spider-Man thing or whatever. Like, oh, I do agree. I save I Mary Jane in this cable car, or do I save these five people in that cable car? Like, that's a, that's a superhero dilemma that's goofy, and normally he gets to save both of them. Uh, I can't imagine you no... Know, Putting before Superman this moral dilemma, do I kill one evil person to save four good people?
1: Like, well, it's, there's it's, there's it's, nobody it's, in the that, world. That huh? that same, it's, 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 it's a microcosm of the dilemma of if I have a time machine, do I go back and murder Hitler? I mean it's that same thing. It's, it's do I morally – is it moral for me to murder somebody rather than let somebody kill somebody? And, and he's, he's an infant in the, in the superhero world. He's an infant as a god. He's an infant um, in in that particular movie. I, I don't know how you ported it over to this movie, but I think it makes sense in that movie.
2: Something else, too. In Superman 2, Superman fucking owns uh, Lex Luthor, like, intellectually. Like, he tricks oh him God. into making Zod give up his powers and stuff. And in this, right. Superman gets his ass handed to him by everybody. He Luther outsmarts him. Lois outsmarts him. Well, actually, Batman outsmarts him. He's a fucking I, I, idiot. Actually, I actually kind of like that because one of the things I hate about
1: Superman is how O.P. he is.
2: Nah, he shouldn't be an idiot, though, because we, we don't man, have anything else to an go on. He's
1: infant when it comes to his powers. He's, mm-hmm. he's not he's – he's, he doesn't come to this earth and just know what he's doing. Uh, he's, still, he's learning his job.
0: <laughs> still, though, Dingus? Like, is that still part of who he is, you think? Because I got the sense that that was part of his origin story, sure, but he's supposedly been, been running this beat for – I don't 18 know, years now,
1: right? Yeah. It's 18 months later. I mean, come on. He's he's still flying to Mexico to, to save one dude. I mean, he doesn't really – He fails to do save do Jimmy
2: Olsen. He just gets – he loses a lot in this movie.
0: Well, crazy. and even this this contrived stuff too about how – so when Lex Luthor throws Lois Lane off the building, is he even watching her? Does he get there that quickly? How yeah, he's he tell, waiting. Yeah, and how does he tell the noise of her underwater beating on concrete
2: versus just – the noise yeah. of a waves. But he doesn't hear his, his mom hair. being in trouble.
0: Yeah, it's just That's so... Very good, very good play, yeah. Um,
2: so,
4: yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, I just think it's poorly written rather yeah. than this this conscious yeah, and idea of here he is in the infancy of his powers, he's getting to learn it. I, I just think it's, ham- you know, most of this movie's problems are because Zack Snyder's just tone deaf, I think. Right. Uh, it it has no sense of character or consistency.
1: Um, well, speaking of tone deaf, how about those dreams? I mean,
0: <laughs> Well, okay. So the the WTFness of that was maybe one of the few things I enjoyed. I was yeah. like, I like,
2: "That because yeah, just because it, it was weird." It was story.
0: so weird. The, the Road Warrior Batman when all those Geonosians start flying around and stuff. I was like, "What is going on? This is crazy. I'm enjoying it." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I cut you off, I think it's – yeah, so that like that – like at least that was like something weird and crazy and I had no – it was a head scratcher. I mean suddenly Batman was like Mad Max and like what was all that and it was a dream. But
1: uh, the second of – I mean at least the second of two dreams and this is something that Chris Markinson said again and we actually wrote identical things in both of our notes, this enough with the dreams – this movie makes me hate dreams in movies. That, I mean, that first dream, I'm like, all right, I know this is a dream. All right, let's just get it over with. Which did you the, know was
0: a dream? The Mad Max
1: Batman? The first ba- the first dream.
0: I just, uh, the first dream I remember was the Mad Max Batman, where he's like Mad Max, and he's got his new outfit on, and he's shooting guys
1: with guns. Uh, the, the and f-
0: then the, the other dream I remember is the, the Bat Scare, where the Bat Monster scare, does a jump scare.
1: I, I don't remember. I, I just remember the, the very first dream thinking, oh my god, this is a dream. Can we get it over with, place? And then the the other one, the other dream, I'm just, I don't know if that's part of the Batman lore, but this movie hate, made me hate dreams and movies. And I, usually I'm pretty forgiving of that, especially, you know, if Michael Shannon is in any way involved. Um, but, oh my god. I couldn't stand the dreams in this movie. So That's
0: I guess, I guess I'm guess i not understanding what – because I only remember those two. And and, and technically, and I, it's almost going to sound like I'm defending it and I feel awful. But yeah. that first one wasn't a dream. It was a time travel sequence. It was a vision that was sent to him by the rest of the Justice League, wasn't it?
1: Oh, is that what that was? Because
0: there's some yeah. weird guy who uh, – yeah, uh,
1: Who's the guy who's saying it's who Lois Lane? Knows? It's Lois Lane.
0: Yeah, who knows? He's got some weird guy like telling him to oh, find us.
2: It's Max Which, Landis. You,
0: <laughs> I like that, Kelly Wong. Uh, Me too. So that was a vision, and the only other dream I remember is when he sees blood coming out of the mausoleum wall and right. a, a, that's, that's a scary Batman about. Stuff.
1: The, the blood coming out of the mausoleum wall. Yeah, and, I knew that was a dream, though. Yeah, that's obviously a dream, and I'm like, all right, come on, let's just get this over with. We know it's a dream. Let's get this over with.
0: Uh, the last it's, Batman game does do really cool stuff, though, with Batman's state of mind and, and visions and dreams and what's real and what's not real. I think... Uh, this darker take on, on Batman, Batman's, uh, does have him struggling with sanity and reality. And I'm,
1: I'm fine with him being mentally unstable in that kind of thing. Um, I guess that that's part of his lore. Uh, I, I, you know, I I guess I I don't want to see if, if anybody ever shows me the parents walking away from a theater, getting killed again and him in a cave again, I'm going to just leave the theater. I, I mean, honestly, I'm, We've, we saw it in Batman McGinn's. We've already seen it. We've seen it. We've seen this actual scene.
0: Think it's so What's it. going to happen? We're going to have to reboot this in five or six years. And you're going to have to see it again. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Motherfucker, come up with something yep. else. I can't stand it. The it's same the scene, only now it's in front of Excalibur. We're doing Uncle the same Dad. scene, and, and Zack Snyder's doing his same slow. I know that the pearls are all going to pop. We know what's going to happen. We know everything you're going to do visually. We know there's going to be a flying shell of a bullet that's going to fall somewhere, and all those pearls that's are going to go blooping blooping, yeah. blooping, 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 blooping,
2: blooping. Worst burglar ever.
1: We know all of those things, because he does them in every single movie he does. Enough! Jesus! The
2: movie they were coming out of should have been Man of Steel. <sighs> like they should reboot it every time. And then the next one's Batman v Superman. What was Jesse Eisenberg doing? Jesus. He was trying to do Heath Ledger. <laughs> so painful. I think. Oh my god. I've- they let
1: him. Man, that moment at the end where he's sliding down the bars of the, the cell, I'm...
0: Uh. Yeah, Thanatos apparently is coming. That's my guess. It does. It is such that's a Thanatos that's... thing.
1: <laughs> I, I've called somebody from outer space, but he's sliding down the bars of the cell and his and his, his lips are sliding up like the Joker's lips. I mean, it's terrible. No,
0: Diggis, it's supposed to be haunting.
1: Oh,
2: God. Wait, so, so is his dad alive? Doesn't does that matter? His dad? Yeah, I don't think it matters. Why are you asking? Well, because all this happens because of Lex Luthor, so is that... Is Lex Luthor's
0: dad alive, you're asking? Yeah. Why? What, what... Yeah, I don't know what, why.
2: Cause so what does that have bearing on, is he mad at Superman for stuff that happened in a movie we didn't see? Because Lex Luthor wasn't in Man of Steel, right? And yeah, I think I think he's just like a rich guy who's crazy and wants to. You know, but he's fight. the Mo- he's the MacGuffin for the whole plot, and well, so, you know,
0: I, and I think, for Justice League, right? I think what they're doing though is trying to do this like
2: xenophobia
0: thing. Like he's wanting to protect, he's like the Donald Trump. He's wanting to protect yeah. us from aliens, right? Like isn't that that's what alien I got? For? From, really. Yeah, yeah so he was for rich us? and he was wanting to get rich and and sell the government on we're going to run this alien protection program.
2: Uh, I'm going to make a dinosaur using the alien blood and make something infinitely worse than and more destructive. Like a false
0: flag thing. Yeah,
2: absolutely. He's trying to start a family.
0: Which, by the way, you say dinosaur. I don't know. I, I can't imagine anybody watching that scene and not thinking they have a cave troll.
2: Yeah, that's all I thought.
0: What? <laughs> that was totally a cave troll. It was an EMP blast cave troll. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't even understand why that Sing. existed. I don't understand any because of
0: comics. I mean, it's something from the comics apparently. Like, yeah. Stay is a real thing. Superman. And good
1: can we just talk about how terrible any of the fight stuff was?
0: So much punching, just punch, 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 punch. Well, I mean, you can't
1: even understand what's going on. Even from the first uh, car chase with the Batmobile where he like attaches some car and he throws it on another car. Who cares? Uh, you can't tell anything that's going on. And even in that last fight scene, as much as I loved Wonder Woman being there, you can't tell what the fuck is going on. You well, can't it's just, what's going
0: it's, just, on. Yeah, it's just CG stuff. Let's throw them all around. And what I, by the way, what I hate about all that is – and i think this is going to be one of the problems with the wonder woman movie which is a, is a done deal right do we
1: know oh it? i hopes so. well
0: i i don't I guess, know it oh, comes Cal- out in november even yeah yeah so it's a, like it's on the slate is what i was saying wonder um, woman's uh, next
1: is, year is it is it a pre-production thing or is it actually on the slate well they
0: announced that yeah you know, they have these the slate and they announced so yeah i'm sorry what so what's the deal Kelly on it is or is not a done deal
2: uh Wonder Woman comes out next year, and Justice League comes out in November.
0: Right, right. So that's what I meant. Is that this is a?
2: Which seems um, like a weird order. To
0: not, it's not shot, but they're they're doing a Wonder Woman movie, and one of the problems I have with Gal Gadot's uh, casting is her name Gadot. Gadot, like what? Let's say? Gal Gadot. Uh, I get no sense of physicality from this woman. Uh, she is like, and I know that some people are like, oh, Wonder Woman should be busty, and I'm not that worried about that. But she's like a rail thin model looking chick. Um, who looks like a, 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 a stiff breeze is going to snap her in half. There is no sense of her having – like I think it's oh, like Carano you know, is being super beefy and, and, and looking like she can fight. This poor Gal Gadot woman I don't think has this sense of physicality, and I can't see her in action sequences unless it's just crazy CG stuff like this.
1: Um, that's funny that you say that because there's a moment – there's a shot. There's a couple of shots in this mo- in this movie where I thought, did she gain weight because her thighs look – Pretty thick, and I wonder if that's just CG because I don't I don't agree with you that real thin, other than her like her party dress crap.
0: Well, that's but, where she's, she's not CG. I mean, yeah, that's her. That's the the actress. So we remember from the uh, Fast, and, Fast and Furious movie, and I think we even talked then about how she was just this like skinny model who looks anorexic, and uh, so. And and I also thought, and I I don't know if well, it just seemed odd to me that Zack Snyder still. Put her in armor with these with large breasts. Like she gets in Mm -hmm. armor where the armor has the breast augments instead of the actors. Like that looked weird to me. Like if he's going to make a svelte Wonder Woman who looks more like a model than the traditionally busty Linda Carter thing that people of a certain age remember, he's giving her suit breasts when she doesn't have any. Well, it looks weird.
1: It's a comic. I mean, I don't understand why women don't wear pants in these things instead of wearing a bikini or a, a swimsuit. I mean, she should have things covering her legs. I mean, why? Why is she wearing pants? Why is she? I mean, all the guys get to wear pants. Why doesn't she get to wear pants to get her legs protected? Why, why does she have to wear a swimsuit?
2: Is this conversation really happening right now? It really is. Part of it, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Right. How so, serious this dick is Nickus being. Uh, I think he's serious.
1: I believe. I'm being or, pretty or, serious because yeah. I really, I really, really did like it when she showed up. I mean,
0: well, it, that's because, it made
1: the movie for me,
0: right? And that's be and that says speaks volumes about the movie. Is it once Zach Snyder gets his fetishistic regard for ass kicking women in there? Hey, now it's lively, uh, and now, by the way, we get our second joke out of two. You get two jokes in this movie, no more. Uh, she's with you is the second joke.
2: That's in the trailer. I thought you would have heard believe
0: That was in the trailer. I was astounded because that's like a reveal. Like that's the moment that the nerds stand up and cheer and I would have been there with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's in the trailer. They give us that. Yeah. You know that dingus? Did you watch the trailer?
1: No, I. Yeah.
0: I they I, show I Batman at really that it
1: moment. Just, it was one of the two things I found funny about this movie. When they, you oh, know, I thought she was with you. I thought she was with you. I thought it was funny.
0: Batman's in his wrecked bat plane, and a Doomsday comes up, and he's going to shoot a beam at him. And Ben Affleck goes, "Oh shh," but it's a trailer, so they cut off the it. And then there's a flash of light, and they show in the trailer Wonder Woman standing there, like with her bracers, knocking it back. And they show she, I, she's with you? No, I thought she was with you. That right there. All of that's in the trailer.
1: Wait, who's, is who's Doomsday? Is that the dinosaur that Kelly's talking about?
0: Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg even says, behold, Doomsday. Like he oh. introduced oh, – uh, oh.
1: I thought he was talking about it in a general sense. I didn't really Yeah, see I, I thought that People too. too naming oh.
0: him. Ha ha, Kelly Wan didn't know who Doomsday was, and I did. Wait, how's that a ha ha on me? Oh, I mean uh, –
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, can I ask you guys a quick question?
0: Yeah, uh, if the question is how foxy is Diane Lane still look, I would say a lot. Was that your question?
1: That was not my question. Oh, then never mind. This, this question is more from Chris Markinson again. Um, he doesn't understand why Batman left his calling card at Luther's after trashing the building and stealing the kryptonite.
0: Uh, yeah, it's like he's taunting him. It's the same reason he's branding people, I guess. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I was here. Guess what? Left the earrings.
1: What, what is he
2: doing? <laughs> because he's a playful character like yeah. Addams. Nature's playfuls. <laughs> Look it up. Uh,
0: why do tracking devices always have blinking lights on them? It seems to me like that's a bad idea for something that you're supposed mm-hmm. to like secretly put onto something.
2: Also, so we know it's a tracking device. Yes,
0: yeah, so also shouldn't uh, Night of Terror <laughs> Morning of Loss have a comma after Night of Terror? Just something what? I
1: noticed in the newspaper. The newspaper? Uh, yeah, Night the terror Morning do, of Lost. Lines had no punctuation
0: whatsoever. It needed a comma in there. I, I right. felt the need to correct that, and I felt Lawrence Fishburne should have caught
2: that. I'm Superman's sorry. the real editor, though. I guess so. Oh, he was busy. That, that Is he a good writer? I've asked this before, but I... Whenever... He, the fact that he keeps the job, and Lois wins Pulitzers and stuff. Well, he's gotta be, cause he's got super alien... He, super,
4: he does super a but does he alien. go to
2: journalism school? He did not need to. No. He's covering – what What do they call it? The um, Let Them Eat Cake beat? Does he do what Spider-Man does and, like, take pictures of himself doing stuff?
0: gives he... Lois
2: to do that. He gives Lois those uh, – Jimmy little... Olsen?
1: Or Jimmy Olsen. Uh, so I chose my over as Deadpool. What's your over, Tom?
0: Uh, Age of Ultron, which I also didn't like and was – uh, I, it's funny for me to remember how certain we were we were that Avengers was going to be terrible because it was jamming all these properties right, together right. Uh, and how Joss Whedon's deft touch and how presumably the studio letting him do what he wanted to do uh, really pulled that one out of the fire, and we were all very pl- – well – and I very pleasantly surprised. Kelly Wan was a little more guarded. Uh, So then – I knew it was coming. Then Avengers Age of Ultron was like, nope, this is what we expect. This is the the big mess we expected. But Avengers Age of Ultron at least had a sense of playfulness. It had some color to it. Uh, The characters weren't all broody and the same dudes. Um, It had some cool chicks in it who were more than just models put there to look good. Uh, So – I didn't Scarlet? care for Avengers Age of Ultron, and uh, uh, the Olsen, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who played Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Scarlett Johansson as uh, Black Widow. Um, mm. uh, so I didn't like Avengers Age of Ultron, but at least it was more playful and uh, than this thing. So that mm. would be my over. And my under, as far as I – I, I was going to say as far as jamming all these superheroes together, but these guys were already together. My under, as far as a tone-deaf movie that doesn't have an appreciation for what I think the characters are supposed to be – Although I don't know what they're supposed to be. My under would be Fantastic Four. Uh, I would <laughs> rather watch this again than Fantastic Four.
1: Oof, which huh. one?
0: Uh oh well yeah. I don't know the original ones. The uh I say original ones. <laughs> the
1: original ones.
0: <laughs> the Josh Trank one. Yeah.
1: Not right. the original. You that
0: over... Not the original Tim story, Fantastic Four, that
2: everyone knows and loves. Mm. Yeah. Kelly, what are your overs and unders? My over is Captain America's Civil War. Which I'm. It's not even sure. out
4: yet.
0: Wow. Wait good. a minute. What? Prediction. Kelly's
2: predicting. Wow.
0: Yeah. Kelly, is the Flash bringing you a vision from the future?
1: <laughs> I totally missed that. So what was happening. When that guy was saying, it's Lois Lane. It's Lois Lane. I was like, who the. F- who is
0: this guy? Find us, Dingus. Find us. We're metahumans. Come find us, metahumans. Oh, no. oh that was Flash? Honestly. Pretty sure. I, I think so. I recognize. Wait, side, he's moving so fast. He's
1: moving and he's going. He's fast. Oh than no, light. no,
0: that wasn't Flash because we see Flash yeah. stopping the store, robbing a liquor store. It was, quick, it was
1: Quicksilver sneaking in from the other movie.
0: And I don't know who was peeking in through the wormhole. Donnie I thought it was Zach. I thought don't it was Zach.
1: Was that would be a great, uh, a great thing if if Jake Gyllenhaal could sneak into this movie when Maggie is in. Did movie. you
0: know there's a sequel to Donnie Darko? No. I'm not at all kidding. Uh, there's a movie called S Darko about his little sister. Samantha Darko. Oh really? Yep, true thing. It's horrible. So you know.
3: Okay. Well, fair enough.
0: Did you know that, Kelly Wand? Have you seen S. Darko? No. Nah. Brianna Evigan is her slutty best friend. Okay, I'm in. Yep, good. Uh, okay, so Kelly Wand, I'm sorry, your overs and unders given to me again.
2: So I can put my, over, my over's Captain America so right, War. Which hasn't
0: even out yet, so why are you picking it?
2: I'm pretty sure it's going to be better.
4: <laughs> okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs> my under is uh, this was I consider a worse ripoff of a of a versus title even than what we saw. That's my bracket going in the under direction. Right. So the it's like a pear shape, Tom. Huh? A graph.
0: Okay, I'm drawing it here. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, you can see visually see? now. Pear
1: yeah.
2: shaped, Tom. Uh, Fair shape. Uh, so my under is Freddy versus Jason.
0: Oh, that's the f- versus I mean, Yeah, I forgot about that one. I may mm. not have ever seen that. Is it really that terrible?
2: You didn't see it. I'm trying to remember. Not that I remember. It's less good than the one where Jason fights the telekinetic girl, which I think is number seven.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I kept up after a certain point. I don't know that I kept up with Friday the Thirteenth, and I certainly didn't keep up with Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't even think I saw the one where Jackie Earle Haley
2: plays Freddy Krueger. Uh, I didn't either. We no should... one said see it. Yeah, yeah, should see it. Is that what you're going to say?
0: Well, maybe I should. I... You know, I like Jackie Earl Haley. I uh...
2: based on this exchange just now.
1: God, it was so yeah, much no, fun. It's yeah. it so much fun to watch him in Watchmen again. You know, I wasn't a fan of Watchmen the first time I saw it. I'm still not a big fan of it. Uh, it's just, I think it's way too long, but watching him, uh, listening to his voice, watching him when the mask comes off, damn, he's good in that. Much.
0: You guys remember how good he was in London Has Fallen?
1: Good point.
0: Uh, uh, Dingus, what is your under?
1: All right, my under going – my bracketing is about uh, movies that w- would have been better if the female character had, uh, that wasn't highlighted had been um, is uh, Iron Man 2, which I can't stand. Um Who's the female uh, character
0: in that? Black Widow.
1: Yeah, I would much rather instead of Black Widow just constantly doing tripods in the hallway with John Favreau and that silly fight sequence, I would much rather the movie had been her taking um, a uh, a driver's seat in this movie or in, in Iron Man two and driving that movie much more because uh, I think she's a more compelling character and I think Scarlett Johansson's a better actor, um, not better than uh, Robert Downey Jr., but I think that. That movie could have gone in a more interesting direction had she been prominent. Right. You know who I was
0: really disappointed in in this movie? Uh I thought he really phoned it in, Michael Shannon.
1: <laughs> he taxed he, he actually texted it in.
2: Basically. Yeah. I think he was supposed to represent the audience.
4: One, two, three, not only
2: you
0: I have so much more I can say about this and I'm sure you guys do too but why I, mean, I know right exactly why why beat this silly thing with a stick why are we <laughs>
4: <legitimately>? <laughs> well I'll I am send you disappointed
0: the comics. Yeah, yeah send me the comics Kelly Wand uh, you're disappointed like, that Junkie XL's name was on, and Hans Zimmer like, I yeah I was going to ask you Tom. Tom how
1: does how does Junkie XL instead of um, Tom what's his name
0: Tom Hulkenberg's his real name And I thought he was using that now But yeah. I guess is, he's still Maybe it's Hulkenberg. maybe that's his, his way to uh, What is it when you don't want to uh, Have when he, a director? Alan Smithy Maybe that's his way to Alan Smithy a soundtrack I don't know,
1: well Hans Zimmer appears Because he did the soundtrack for Man of Steel So some of those themes are used
0: Oh, I, I thought maybe the two of them collaborated So it was probably they just used Hans Zimmer's Man of Steel and then Tom Hulkenberg came in And did the rest
1: And yeah, he did some of his own themes, yeah
0: well that Wonder Woman bit that I opened with that totally sounded like Tom Hulkenberg.
1: Yeah, it really uh, did. Yeah.
0: By the way, do you know what that track is called? No. She's she's with you. Oh. <laughs> well. yeah.
1: I hope that means I hope the you means us.
0: Oh, we well, know. Yeah. Dingus, uh, give us a 3 by 3. What do we got going this week? What what can right. we dig up for the listeners?
1: All right, this week oh. we're going to ha oh, ha oh. Kelly, uh, Wons,
0: please make Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor
2: a regular picture, yeah, sure. like you have done with uh, Leia. It's too similar to my normal voice. <laughs> I totally thought <laughs> you was going to use, use and my normal personality. I thought you were going to use
1: Leia for uh, Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. That's what I was expecting.
0: Oh, dingus!
1: That's what I that's thought stupid. he was going to do. Can you
0: believe Dingus Kelly Wands being so uh, disrespectful, to Holly Hunter? That's
2: sexist.
1: <laughs> You're sexist. All right, so. Um, this is uh, your favorite scavengers and scavenging.
0: <laughs> All right, Kelly Wan, you have next week's topic to announce after this, so why don't you start us off with your third favorite scavenger or scavenging?
1: All right. careful not to use stealing or looting.
0: Or salvaging. No salvage.
1: Just scavenging. You can, you can use salvage, that's fine.
0: Right. What? Dingus. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me stick aliens in there after... All
2: right. All right. If I didn't do it, I have backups. If I didn't do it right. My number three is uh, Wally. Is that going to count? Why? Why would that be? Because if- he made hoarding cute again. Aw. Yeah. Aww. I do like the idea of a little,
0: like, you know, the trash robot left behind to pick up the forgotten pieces of long gone humanity. And he's sort yeah. of keeping a little museum of them. That That is adorable, isn't it?
1: Like, yeah, it kind of it's
2: works. It's
1: not just that he's he's taking those things and he's using them. He's repurposing them. Um, you know, he's using the things that he finds uh, and saving them to use them later. Uh, I think that's a that's an important part of scavenging.
2: So yeah, the theme of my choices is turning trash into treasures. <laughs> Kelly Wand gave it
0: a title. Wow, Kelly Wand,
2: that's elaborate. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's my three number.
0: Uh, if I'd known we could use salvage, there's that bit in the beginning of Aliens where those guys walk in where into Ridley's little. She's in cryosleep and Ridley. Ridley, Ridley, <laughs> shut up.
1: Well, what do you think is the difference between salvage and scavenge?
0: Uh, Ridley Scott. I, I I don't know that there is a difference. Like salvage is. I think of scavenge as things have fallen apart and you're making do with what you can out of ruins whereas salvage is something broke like a ship and you're then going to repurpose it rather than the environment but i don't know you know what, think i have no idea but i was just thinking when, when uh with the word salvage those guys walk in where Ripley's sleeping and they pull off their gas masks and they go well there goes our salvage bonus mm. i think they say that i think
2: uh, euphemisms
0: is there a difference Dingus, between salvage and
1: I don't know. I think they're a little okay. too close to make a difference between them. Because I was thinking there was a difference is like you would salvage an entire wreck, um, but you can salvage things from a wreck. And then I thought about that. Um, what's the the Paul Walker movie with Josh Brolin in it?
0: Out of the blue, into the blue, the blue, deep blue, something about blue. Into the yeah. blue. Okay. It's
1: something something about blue, and he's got a salvage company, right? right. Um,
2: but Scalvage.
1: But I think that whatever they find down there, they're going to take. They're not going to take the whole wreck, and they're going to do whatever they want to do with it. So I think that there's there's sort of I think there's a Venn diagram with salvage and scavenge. Right.
0: Uh. Right. So I hope this doesn't. Yeah. All of mine. Let's see. These, yeah. These all work as scavenging. Right. Well, my number three pick uh, is Daisy Ridley in Force Awakens, uh, where she's mar- Kelly. Wand. How dare you!
1: Well, that's my number one. I think She's this is perfect.
0: Pulling the uh, bits and pieces ugh. out of the Kelly Wand. Let me explain the metaphor to you before you. Go, ugh. It's a metaphor for the movie itself. She's pulling bits and pieces out <laughs> of the detritus of the original movies. You God. know, there's no sign of a Naboo ship or a Trade Federation station. Like you don't see any of that. It's all like AT-AT walkers and Star Destroyers. You know, the Battle of Jakku, it's a treasure trove of stuff from the original movies, no prequel crap. And Daisy Ridley, she's choosing amongst – she's she's rooting around in there to put Ripley. stuff together to sell things like J.J. Abrams sells from the original movies. So she is a metaphor for J.J. Abrams himself, and
2: hence it's my number three. I saw the pit as a metaphor for J.J. Abrams. The Sarlacc pit? You mean what pit? Yeah. The Pippa so, eats the TIE fighter with the uh, – That was not uh, a
0: Sarlacc, Kelly Sarlacc, Sarlacc, Wan. Sarlaccs are on Tatooine. This is Jakku. They're different planets. Hello. They have completely different fauna. Different Jeez. hit
2: dice. From uh,
0: Dingus, before we let this joker carry on with his lack of knowledge I'm about a Jakku, <laughs> what uh, – why is this your number one?
1: I mean, I'm a Rippler. Uh This has been number one because I I absolutely love the visual of the first part of this movie. Uh, because uh, one of the things that inspired this topic was when I was looking at um, things for abandoned buildings. Uh I was looking at the trailers for these movies, which is the first time I'd seen them. And her going into those – I just think the image of those Star Destroyers – buried on that planet or half buried on that planet when she goes into them. And that image of her basically repelling down while she is scavenging the innards for whatever she can get is such a gorgeous image. I couldn't bend the idea of a star destroyer as an abandoned building. So I dropped that as an idea, but I love the idea of that, of her as a scavenger because that's how she makes, that's how she's made her life. Um, that, that, whatever that thing is that she flies around on. Dingus, it's a quad
0: drive. Quad, uh, no, it's a quad, um. Dingus, it's a quad. Can never mind. Shut up. I thought I was gonna. There, it's got a name. And I think quad is in it. There's a name for it, yeah.
2: Dingus. Yeah, Dingus, you idiot. Yeah. It, ah. it, it,
1: it's a quadrupunter. Um, anyway. Um, but there's even this, this sense with her of a, a code among scavengers because. She says that the line I would have given is he wants you for parts. He has no respect for anyone, and this is when she chases off another scavenger who's trying to take BB Eight or Beep Boop as we've come to know him. And she she's like, no, no, this is a being. This is this is something that I respect as a being. He has no respect for anyone. He just wants to take you for parts. She understands that there is a scavenger code. And there, you know, as I, like researched a lot of things about scavengers this week and, and whatnot, there is an understanding that there's a difference between scavengers and people who steal and, and people who exploit There there's, there's, there is sort of this idea of a scavenger society. And she embodies this in this movie. She goes into the star destroyers to scavenge in order to stay alive. And she goes to trade the goods in order to get whatever those like credits are for food. I mean, again, I, I am so jonesing to see this movie again. I only got to see it once. Um seeing the trailers again makes me want to see this movie again so much. Um but I just remember that that mental image of her repelling in the Star Destroyer collecting the things that she needs to collect that or I mean she's a scavenger. That's how she stays alive and she goes and she trades these things. That that's why this is my number 1. This is how she has stayed alive in order to be able to stay alive. She goes into these, I mean, it's very dangerous work, but she does this, she goes, she trades, she has to constantly barter for these things, but she understands the value of these things, and then when she gets into the Millennium Falcon, she understands how to work it based on whatever, but she also understands how to tinker with things, I think because she's a scavenger, and because she's made her living, or made a living doing those things. I think Ray is an amazing character based on that whole intro section. That's why she's my favorite scavenger.
0: I don't know where I got quad, but it's called a speeder. Like the land speeder. It's a raised speeder.
1: So I said all of that while you were just looking up that it was called a speeder.
0: I knew this. I I pulled this thing from the recesses of
1: my memory. Yeah, the recesses. Uh,
0: What was the the thing that they were going to get in before the Millennium Falcon that blew up? That was a quad something. That's what I was thinking of.
2: Right? Quadruponic. No, uh, I, I, like to, I was looking it up while Dingus was talking, too, and it's called a, uh, a hopper, actually. No, it's not. Yeah. Really? No.
0: I, oh, okay, yeah. I almost believed you. What were you going to say? Something cool? Uh, what I like about the, the bit with uh, the Star Destroyer is that it's kind of a reveal that it's mm-hmm. a Star Destroyer. At first, you're like, oh, she's in a cave or something. Right, right. And then you're like, whoa, yeah, it's a Star Destroyer, and it crashed on Jakku. There's, there it is right there. That's what the inside of it looks like. That's how big it is.
2: See, in those trailers, compared... Like, they didn't... I don't know if you guys saw them after the movie, but... we sure didn't see them before, Kelly Wong. Yep. I
1: don't know if uh... you guys saw it after the movie. I don't think you need to... Un... Yeah.
2: Just saying, they didn't spoil anything. Well, it's Batman vs. Oh, Superman. Oh, please. Trailer. Oh, good lord. Everything... Yeah. In... Well, they didn't spoil anything
0: to the degree of the stupid... Like, I think what's going on with Batman vs. Superman is Warner Brothers like... This movie kind of stinks. We need to do what we can to get people out of show. Yeah, we got to get put it on its best
2: face and just hope for a good. I don't birthday. think they thought it stank. I think they were just like, no, I think they it's, a it's a commercial with a commercial, the short version of the commercial. There are people smart enough at Warner Brothers to know what they're doing. I'm pretty to sure. you know the movie stinks. Yeah. Then why would they give it to Zach after
0: they're well, just, all? They care about is that it, it makes money. I don't care if they. If they don't care if it stinks. I mean, a studio doesn't exist because I want to make good movies. It exists to make successful movies.
2: Yeah, but they made Dark Knight. And it's like that you say a thing is just was made only for the fans when your movie stinks. <laughs> that's <laughs> when you trot that one out.
0: Or that it wasn't made for the critics, right? That's, right, right, That's conventional critics. wisdom about this, yeah.
2: It was made for the fans who have no critical standards.
0: Whereas Force Awakens? also made for the critics, made for the critics that's and the fans. So oh, that's okay. So yeah, for the, but the
2: trailer for Force so
0: of Yes, like, the trailer, right.
2: See, um, like you'd see Daisy Ridley in like that um, that little getup she's wearing in, when she's scavenging in the Star Destroyer. So you don't even know it's her. So it's like, it's a reveal when you see the movie, like, oh, that's who the sh- that person is in the trailer.
0: Or alternatively, you could see the movie and see that costume in advance of having any expectations about it. The way J.J. Abrams intended
1: Kelly Ward. Right, right, And then you can have an actual reveal in a movie.
2: There I didn't go. see the movie. I'm just going by saw on the trailer. What's really cool. So, Dingus, Force Awakens is your
0: favorite uh, scavenger. What is your third favorite scavenger or scavenging? All
1: right. All right. Uh, this is a scavenger. Uh, the quote would be, eight weeks? Is that all it's been? And this is from the movie Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> and, and this is the little kid, Eric. Who, um, has, uh... <laughs> I really like Jurassic Park 3. think
0: right. his name is Connor.
1: Yeah, God. Alright, I'm sorry, Connor. I apologize, I Get forgot. Get the condom it, off Connor. your leg. Get the Jesus. Get to the Connor. Um, anyway. Uh, the, the little kid... Uh, who saves Sam Neil by throwing the last of his smoke grenades, or actually gas grenades, um, and then bringing uh, Sam Neil to this tanker truck that he's lived in inside, and he's scavenged everything that he needs to be able to survive this all of the dinosaurs inside this little tanker truck, uh, and he's in. You know, you're in there with Sam Neil at the be- at the beginning of that scene once once Eric leads. Uh, Dr. Grant in there you know Sam Neill's eating on this huge this huge can of beans because obviously he's taken he's scavenged things from this complex but he's gotten these gas grenades he's got these these lanterns that he puts up, he's got rope he's got all of these things that he's stockpiled and one of the things I love about him as a scavenger is this moment and I don't know if I remembered this uh yeah I've seen it a couple of times because my kid loves the Jurassic Park movies and I really like this movie um is when when dr Grant says i'm just i'm so impressed that you've been able to survive for eight weeks and the kid's like it's only been eight weeks it, it, it's it's like he i think he thinks uh based on that sort of telescoping uh time of being alone and being a kid that it's been months or years or whatever that he's been able to work this out to survive he, and he it just is it's only been eight weeks well kid you survive for two and a half months that's pretty good it's pretty kids, damn good
0: i think that kids don't know how to do that thing with the five hash marks where you go one two three four and you slash across for five in order to track days he should right. have done that yeah
1: but I love the the way the inside of that tanker truck looks, that all the things that he's collected, he's been able to collect, and he actually found these grenades, and this is part of his scavenging, that was able to save uh, Dr. Grant, which eventually saves his life.
0: Smoke grenades? Man, I don't remember any of that.
1: Um, well, there, there's the moment where the, the everybody's caught up in a tree, uh, the velo- Velociraptors set a trap with Michael Jeter's body. Um... And Alan Grant is caught on the ground, Velociraptors all surround him, and the kid starts throwing these gas grenades or smoke grenades, whatever they are, uh, which confuses the Velociraptors, and they run away, and then the kid leads Alan Grant to his hiding place.
0: So Velociraptors are vulnerable to smoke.
1: Or they're that. just they're just confused. Dinosaurs don't smoke.
0: Well That's they're vulnerable tamed them. They're vulnerable to smoke and Jim cotta, we know from the Jurassic Park movies.
1: That is before. true. Is
0: that a- Ding- or no, Kelly Wand. What is your se- oh, president? Nice. Uh, what is your second favorite instance of scavenging or scavengers in movies?
2: Uh, the theme for my number two is. Oh right, what's
0: your theme again? Oh good, my-
2: you have a different theme for every one of them. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I see. Each one has its own. Th- I thought it was. Not a theme. All oh, three
2: of them. It's
1: not what themes are.
2: So my theme for the second one is um, best scavenger. Period.
1: So that's the three by three.
2: Yeah, I know, but I'm saying
0: it's kinda like, nested, like it's the topic, and then nested in the topic is the theme, and they're the same thing. It's like a it's like those little Russian nesting dolls.
1: It's of. like if it were a Star Wars episode for Star Wars.
2: Yeah, Dawn of Star Wars. Okay, get a load of dingus, doesn't even know the name of a New Hope. I know.
1: No, no, it's nested.
2: Probably thinks Armor Class, Class. Six is Chainmail. <laughs> But anyway, if I could bring the house to, like, Lex Luthor, uh, my number two scavenger is Blair from The Thing, because oh, he good, makes... Yeah.
0: It? yeah, it's a great one.
2: Because if you consider what he's able to accomplish...
0: Well, it's not Blair, it's The Thing, it's The Scavenger, in Blair form.
2: True, that's the Blair I'm to thing. me what's going on here. I, I don't know the
0: thing. Oh, dang it, Oh, dang is I it don't
2: know it like you He's guys, not
0: a thingophile like we are,
2: Kelly Wong. Oh, I just assume everyone is. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, Okay, so Wilfred Brimley, the oatmeal guy, has been infected by an alien life form, Dingus. But um, he went crazy, so they locked him in the shed. But I guess they didn't lock him very well. (laughs) Stupid McCready. No, what are
0: you talking about? He digs tunnels.
2: I guess he tunnels around and gets the parts. Okay, Like like Charles
1: Bronson in The Greatest of Game.
2: Right, but like. In tunnels. They should have handcuffed him or something, maybe. Uh, anyway, um, but he makes a spaceship just out of um, just the Antarctic detritus that's at the base, which is pretty impressive scavenging because, like, they couldn't do that. So it's like, and he did it on the sly in a couple hours. But it's because so, he's uh, an advanced alien form inside. There. I mean, that—that's too.
0: It's where you realize that it's not it's just smart. like, yeah, it's smart. It's not just like some hungry. Predator, right. it's just desirous of flesh. You know, it's not like that. It's a super calculating, smart thing that can create with bits and pieces like advanced technology. Yeah, right? yeah. That's like, and it, that's one of the final that's huge of the movie too. Yeah, yeah. And
2: that's the very end of the movie. Right, right. And in fact, it makes the thing look really smart because they were assuming, oh, it's a thing that turns into spiders and shit. So we only need, and it it fell for our blood test thing. So it's like they don't think to, okay, we got to keep it away from anything that can be used to make spaceships and like make sure it can't build tunnels. Like they thought they were dealing with a dumbass.
0: What I like is we don't know. and Doug Harbiter doesn't put in the movie. I don't think there's any textual support one way or the other. We don't know if Blair was infected before he got put out there and it was a ruse to get put out there or if it got to him after he got put out there. And he legitimately uh, chopped up the the radio uh, and then got thrown in there. Although, you know what? Maybe – if he was the thing, he wouldn't have chopped up the radio.
2: He would have wanted them to call in help. Yeah.
0: I'm coming around. You know what What I just said, Kelly Wand? Let's, let's strike that from the record, okay?
2: He's still Blair when he goes crazy. I
0: know. That's so obvious. I don't know facts, why yeah. someone would think otherwise. It's ridiculous. Right.
2: Duh. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Jesus. That's a good point, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> but I still agree with Dingus on this.
0: Uh, all right. The thing. Dingus,
2: are you, do you have any questions about what I just described? mm uh, I do not.
0: Okay, cause we would, we will field questions from you about the thing, Dingus.
2: Am I getting pulled over? Oh, good point. No,
1: no, uh, Tom is, is, you know, he knows more than I do, so I would have to ask, you know, he's my, like, <laughs> expert witness. Uh, what a mama's boy. for. Or I do. Think- Kelly, do you think you're, do t- you think it works? Yeah. Okay, fine.
0: I think the only person that – yeah, none of us so far has done anything that's worthy of getting pulled over. I don't know. Pretty
1: clean pool so far.
0: Yeah, but Dingus is the final authority on this. My second favorite scavenger from the movie – okay, I'm not getting pulled over. This this is fine. This scavenger, it's a metaphor for the man cave, You know, a place (laughs) that a dude has where he can get away from his wife, and there's just like a TV there and maybe a copy of Rock Band, and he's just got all the sports paraphernalia. But in this movie, it's in the apocalypse. It's not even the apocalypse. like aliens came over, came to the world, and they took it over, and something terrible happened. And these few humans are left behind to do maintenance on the world. Uh, And they're paired, and they're married couples. And this one maintenance guy is basically a janitor for the world after humanity has left and gone somewhere else. This one one Earth janitor is Tom Cruise. And he goes around, and he fixes And he's married – to a super hot redhead and without her knowing when he's out fixing stuff he'll like every now and then like filch a book or an album or maybe a basketball or a baseball cap and then he'll put it at this cabin in the woods that he has and he has formed over the years an, an amazing man cave with like there's like a led zeppelin album and a basketball hoop thing whatever you call those set up where you shoot basketballs um and this is, this is Tom Cruise in the movie Oblivion, where he's normally a, basically a maintenance man. Uh, and while he's doing it, secret from his wife, he creates – he scavenges stuff to create a man cave, which is a cabin in the woods. So my number two is Oblivion. That so later becomes a woman cave. Oh, right. Exactly. It gets turned – well, spoiler, but yeah, exactly. Eventually, he meets someone oh. who he feels is worthy of being invited into his man cave. I personally feel he got it backwards – he should have invited the chick who played his wife uh, instead of Olga Kirlinko. But, you know. Then it's not
2: the, a man cave. The, the heart, cave. the heart wants what the heart wants. So She didn't want to see the man cave, though. That was the whole thing. They weren't very compatible.
0: Oh, no, they were an excellent team. Interesting. Uh,
1: they weren't effective,
0: though. Oh, shoot. Effective team. That's mm. right. Why would the alien care if they were an excellent team? I Thing dingus trumped my knowledge of oblivion, and he didn't even like the movie as much as I did.
1: And who's, mm. who's the woman who says, are you in effect, you're not in Lisa effect? Lisa
0: Leo, otherwise known as the Secretary of Defense of the Gerard Butler White House.
2: Very good. She's still alive, right? I actually, I actually almost picked this. Um,
0: oh, dingus, almost, cho- okay, what?
1: what mainly made? because of the record player, um, because I just imagined him having to find, because uh, how is the record player powered? you remember that?
0: Solar Power. He's got a little Solar Power thing set up on his roof.
1: Right. But finding a record player. Um, and it, when I was thinking about this, I mean, it's it's hard to avoid any of this like end of the world stuff. Um, I was just thinking about that record player. I mean, I wasn't as big a fan or I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of Oblivion like you guys were. There were things I liked about it. Um, but that record player and that cabin I really, really liked. And I like the idea of him uh as he's uh, this idea of as he's going through um picking up things like a record player and bringing them there and making it work um i think that sort of um highlights the ideas of of what a scavenger does either repurposing or selling something uh but that record player really highlights for me why i think this is a really great pick but because i i wasn't a big fan of the movie i thought like well i should leave this one alone
0: well, the thing is he's a renaissance man because not only does he get a Led Zeppelin album and a baseball cap from whatever sports team he's fond of, he gets like – he brings back Roman poetry. Not many people do that – have that in their man cave. Only men of learning like Tom Cruise have that in their man cave.
1: So well, – I have a, a runner-up to mention that will – like, link to what you just said. But.
0: Well, first thing is, what is your second favorite scavenger? Your third is Jurassic Park 3. Your first is Force Awakens. What is your second favorite scavenger?
1: All right, here's a bit of dialogue from it. I find something. Yes, this is what we need. Good little one.
0: This is the equalizer where Denzel Washington fights in a hardware store. It is not. Oh, shoot. Uh,
1: this is uh, from the movie District 9. And this is. Um, when uh when uh i think i think it's christopher and his son and his friend have spent 20 years scavenging through all of the trash to find the alien liquid basically and they spend all of this time looking for alien technology and in this particular part of the movie um his son find you know actually the his friend finds this this thing and 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 I think it's Christopher. I think that's the name of the the guy. Uh, says, no, this is human technology. We can't use this. I mean, I'm telling you, this is junk. And he throws it down. And then his son says, what about this? I find, I find something. And his dad says, oh, good little one. This is exactly what they need. And so they've been scavenging for 20 years to get all of this little alien liquid out of these little bits of their technology that is in trash heaps all over this area that they have been sequestered to in order to be able to pilot the command ship in order to get out of this world. Um, uh, so my second would be this district nine thing of, of the of Christopher and his son scavenging.
0: Dingus you gonna pull yourself over for that one or is that pass muster?
1: No I think I think I'll go ahead and let myself slide. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kelly
0: Wand, you've so far taken this topic very seriously. I don't know what if you're feeling all right or something, but you have one no. more chance to completely blow it. What is your favorite scavenger in a movie?
2: Uh, the theme for my number one choice is that there isn't a theme for it, really. Bold. Okay, my number one uh, is Gummo. Uh, here we go, dingus.
0: Yeah, I knew he I knew couldn't resist. Go ahead. Yes, Kelly Wand
2: because it's a whole city of scavengers because there was a tornado before it. So every every scene they're like ransacking stuff, whether it be a cat or some spoons or spaghetti or uh rabbit ears, it's all scavenging. So it's like a it's like the most scavengers in a movie. It's like a musical of scavengers. It's like ah. a Busby Berkeley scavenger uh, libretto. So, the thing is,
0: I know you don't know Gummo. I'm not a big Harmony Grant
2: fan yeah. either, so
0: neither of us has seen it. So, should we believe him? Do you think he's telling the truth?
1: I don't think we have a choice. I know. Huh. I mean, we're we're gonna look at his license. Does he have proof of insurance? I guess we have to go with it. it
2: looks like it's all in order, right? According to our uh, records, we don't. Actually, this is my marijuana dispensary card. <laughs> this is in my other car. <laughs> okay. Is
0: this really true? Like in Gummo, they're scavenging stuff from a, a tor- tornado ruins.
2: Well, the whole city was hit by a tornado. It's like a city in Ohio, or a small town in Ohio. And it's like so the aftermath? Scene, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, just all the characters are scavenging, but it's not something they talk about. They just do it as they wander through the movie. Oh. There's just mm. a sense that everything is used. I'm like, no, nothing belongs to anyone anymore. So well, since I know this isn't on anyone's... Uh, well,
0: well, yeah. So this okay. actually
1: reminds me that in Oblivion... Those other the things they think are aliens are called scabs, aren't they?
2: Hmm. I do not. Yeah, know. I kind of remember that. Actually. The
1: Morgan Freeman,
2: the the those. People oh
0: right, 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 the, right, right. The 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 human survivors, right?
2: Yeah. Right.
0: I don't know if they're if that's what they're called, but I know who you're talking about.
2: That's LeBron James's team, the scabs. Yeah. Right. I don't.
0: I you know I don't know why you're making train wreck references on this podcast. <laughs> wow. Well. Is it, he, he's the one in that, right? Dingus, did I get that right? At least you, you
1: got it. You got it. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're fine. close.
4: He's serious.
0: Uh, this makes me think of *Beast of the Southern Wild*. Which, oh, yeah.
2: Which oh, very uh, nice.
0: Kelly, one, you should have picked that instead.
2: That's what I meant to say, actually. It's a
0: hush puppy and her father, and all the uh, the the leftovers after Hurricane Katrina, and you know them picking around amongst the, the well, I saw that salvage. That's so a great I, pick, so, actually. Tom,
2: thank you, thank you. F-
0: unfortunately, it's not my pick. Sorry. Uh yeah. I, I, I have to be honest. The pick that I previously had, and you know, I'm going to stick with this one, um, just because this was uh, part of my, my formative youth. I remember being really struck by how desperate things must be if your car needs gasoline so badly that you go to a wrecked <sighs> car, and you the closest thing you can reach for is a hubcap, and you put the hubcap underneath where the gasoline is dripping. Cause uh-huh. You want to fill that up and save it, but that's not enough, by the way. Gas is way more precious than that because there's some of it that's still in the pavement. So you take a rag and you daub it on the gasoline in the pavement and then you wring it out into the hubcap. Like That's how important it is that you get every last scrap of gasoline. And It's the opening of Road Warrior where uh, Max is chased by some of Humongous' dudes. One of the guys in the dune buggy, it turns over and wrecks uh, and he pulls over to salvage from the wreck whatever gasoline he can get. And I just remember, wow! Actually, having to daub it up from the pavement—he he mm. must really want that gasoline. Uh, so, and he, of course, he he's, uh scavenges, like when he comes across the, uh, the the wrecked truck, he's looking around in there for stuff he can keep, and he keeps a little music box thing—well, uh, not the box, but the little thing that plays music. Right. Mm. Later, gives that to the feral kid. Um, you know, and this is his. This is Max's life. Is he just running around picking up bits and pieces of stuff, hanging out with his dog, getting gasoline wherever he can get it? He doesn't value hubcaps.
1: Does he scavenge things to make armor? I kept trying to think of that, and I couldn't think of anything like
0: I think, that. I don't think anybody wears armor, and I don't. Yeah, I mean armor brace. for the car. Like oh. The car might have. I think it might have like a, uh, like a. Like spike? No, it doesn't have spikes on it. Yeah, I don't know if the car's armored, dingus. Because part of the deal in this in this universe, nobody has bullets, so it's not like anybody's going to be shooting at them. Like bullets are even more precious than gas.
4: Uh, Hmm. Hmm.
0: So Hmm. yeah, I don't know. But I, you know, and one of the thing, one of the few things I really liked about the third, the four, yeah, the third movie. The the terrible Thunderdome one is early on. He doesn't even have a car anymore. He's got a wagon pulled by camels, and the wagon is just <laughs> full of like pots and pans. And it's sort of like he's really jumped the shark as a scavenger, and he's now just some crazy hoarder. And you know, no more gas, so he's just got camels pulling around his wagon of, of trash. Uh,
4: yeah.
0: All right, I guess your favorite is Force Awakens. So there are three. Nobody got pulled over. Let's see if thing is Let's see if any of the listeners are going to get pulled over. What have they sent in?
1: All right, we've got Randy Canelli. Um, some of these aren't Tom's definition of a movie.
0: Uh oh. Documentaries or cartoons. I can. I can. I can feel it coming.
1: But it's not his topic. huh. Uh-huh. Um. Number three, the Jawas from Star Wars: A New Hope. This is my first exposure to the concepts of scavengers when seen as a child in 1977.
0: That is a good one. Why didn't I? Th- yeah. There's yeah. a precedent for Ray. just is a version of Jawa. It's pre- She's a prettier Jawa.
1: All right. You're making a, an argument for everybody who says that uh, Force Awakens is just a remake.
0: I, I have no problem with that. I don't know why people have a problem with remakes. Yeah. Especially when they're awesome.
2: Please. Yeah. Uh, it's called Episode 7, not Episode 4. <laughs> Different-
0: Can did I just say, know? by the way, before I really hope, like, I love the idea that Ray is just some poor orphan making a living on Jakku. I so hope she doesn't have some dopey secret destiny or that she's What's like your prediction? Luke's daughter. My prediction is that J.J. Abrams, the J.J. Abrams School of Storytelling, just throws stuff out there and we'll figure it out later. And so he did Lost. They're just, I think, making crazy stuff like possibilities with Ray. I don't think he has any idea what he's going to do. But yeah, I'm worried she's going to be like Luke's secret daughter or something stupid like that. Or can't she just have a high midichlorian count and just oh, be more from that? I mean, they don't, to, they don't have to say that's the reason, Dingus, but we don't need her to have a secret destiny, right? Just make her some cool poor orphan
2: chick who also happens to have the Force, right? We can do that, can't we? Luke always seemed more interesting to me before Empire when it – it's like he was just coming at like, all right, like he blew up Dister because he was awesome, not because he was related to people. There's yeah.
1: clearly she's clearly got some sort of destiny because of oh. because of her her inability Lights- to exactly. remember where why she was an orphan and, and why she's stuck there and what what she's been waiting for and what happens Let's when dang. she finds Luke's Lights- lightsaber. Come on,
0: all right, Dingus isn't going to let she's, me have what she's I not want. Not just a
1: mechanic. Stop it. <laughs> Tom, everybody, you know that's not going to happen. I know,
0: everybody in stars has to be special. Oh my god. Why can't there what be every-
2: special. Yeah, let's
1: just follow around Patrick Warburton the whole time.
2: I don't know who that is, but okay. Captain Phasma's going to be somebody's brother.
1: Anyway, Randy Canelli.
0: Oh yes, yeah, so I'm sorry, we cut off Randy. Randy's Jawas is a good pick. I do like that.
1: The number two for Randy is the opening sequence of Nausicaa of the Valley of Wind. Directed by Hayao...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miyazaki? hmm.
1: Miyazaki? Sorry. Um, I apologize, Randy. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki, animated. He makes, or Randy could be he or she. Uh, it He makes it clear, she makes it clear that it's animated, Tom.
0: Well, it's Miyazaki, so that's okay. It's not a cartoon.
1: All right, it's, good.
0: It's bona fide movie making. I'm okay with that. I haven't seen Nausicaa, though, but Ma- I've had Jake. it recommended.
1: Uh, there you go, Randy. Uh, a strong bit of world building and wordless story, a wordless storytelling as the titular character explores an oversized fungi forest, fungal forest in search of useful items for her small kingdom.
0: Ugh. The main character's name is Nausicaa? That's a terrible name.
1: Nausicaa. Nausicaa. Two, there's two A's at the end.
0: Right, no, I know. It. I actually know how to spell, it, and I wrote that here with the two A's. But that's that's still a terrible name. It sounds like nausea. Like that seem, seems like she would get made made fun of a lot for her name sounding like nausea.
1: I remember reading about this at some point, and under and and being told by whatever teacher was telling me that it was pronounced Naseka. Is it just Nasaka?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know actually. I just I pronounce Japanese the same way I pronounce English. I could, which might be wrong.
1: Okay, good.
0: What about Bruce
1: Wade? Randy's number one is Wally. While, while performing his assigned task of collecting trash, the little robot is also looking for interesting doodads to take home and add to his collection.
2: I meant to say uh, beasts of the Southern Nation for that one. <laughs> by the way,
1: next we have Paul Weimer. Um, I'm a Marvel guy, so I skipped Batman versus Superman, dawn of Snyder's idiocy. Ouch.
0: Uh, yeah. Snyder's idiocy dawned long ago, Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this might be the sunset of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, not
0: not with uh with a two hundred and what was it seventy? No, no, that's Star Wars. What was the opening? One hundred seventy million dollar opening. I oh, you're seven, right. Yeah,
1: it's just Snyder Lou and we already have the next two in production, right? Or pre-production.
0: The next five. Oh yeah, yeah, way more than two Dingus. They 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 now these are like uh, like Marvel will have big old press events where they will lay out uh, Disney. I mean, and I'm sure Warner Brothers does the same. Where they lay out their schedule for the next – It's like a five year plan that the Soviets might have. I don't- uh, for when these movies are coming out. And
1: so I much looking forward to. But I mean, in particular, if you look at his director, if you look at his directing thing, um, the next two things he's got listed are League of Legends and League of Legends. Oh,
0: on IMDb, you're saying? Oh, yeah. like, like for his next, okay, right. Right, the, those
1: Which, are like the pre production Yeah, and I
0: would never trust those, by the way. And this, by the way, is where uh, we got this inkling, unconfirmed, that the next Wolverine might be rated R, is that... Right. There was some sort of an event where handouts were given to the attendees. I don't even think it was necessarily a press thing. And they were listing their schedule, and they had an R by the Wolverine movie, uh, which has never been confirmed.
1: Uh, okay.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so Paul Weimer's Scavengers and Scavenging. Number three, uh, this is another one that actually inspired me. So number three for Paul is in Z for Zechariah, which I have now finally seen thanks to you guys. The scavenging of the church is a contentious issue for the characters, as they argue over the destruction of a chapel, strongly important to Anne, Margot Roby, versus the potential for the wood of the church to build a water wheel for returning electricity to the farmhouse.
0: The only reason I didn't pick that is because Dingus talked about it uh, within the last couple of weeks. Right. That's a great pick, Paul.
1: Um, uh, but uh, for scavenging, I would have chosen – and this is the thing I was relating to – and Tom was talking about a book. Book earlier was her in the abandoned building picking out like *To Kill a Mockingbird* from the library.
0: Personally, I would have picked out *Go Tell a Watchman*, but whatever. Uh, the
1: comic Tom.
0: Wait, *Go Tell a Watch*? Is that wait? Did I screw it up. *Go Tell a Watch*. Tell, no, it's *Go Tell a Watchman*. Right? What's the yes. name of her book?
1: I think it's *Set a Watchman*, isn't it? No, it's *Go
0: Shoot a Monkey*. Oh well, I don't know. Listen, I was <laughs> trying to pretend we know about Harper Lee.
4: All right.
1: Uh, Paul's number two in Book of Eli. Uh, I uh, love the good. scene in the junk junk dealer shop as mm-hmm. Eli, Denzel Washington, bargains some of the items he's found on his journey, including moist towelettes, for a recharge of his improbably long-lasting iPod. Don't
0: knock. Yeah, don't knock Apple's engineering prowess, Paul.
1: I do like the way that, uh, as much as I did not like Book of Eli, I do like the way that power is bartered in that scene.
0: You um, mean with Tom Waits?
1: With the way that, you know, he's actually bartering for I a I just charge. charge. I'm just yeah. showing off. Yeah, very good, Tom.
2: I remember watching something. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: um, Paul Weimer's number one choice. Uh, since it is her livelihood at the beginning of the movie, Rey, Daisy Ridley, in Star Wars The Force Awakens, is a scavenger determined enough to go alone into the hulk of an Imperial Star Destroyer in search of material to pay for her next evening's meal. Her her, her interaction with Unkar Plut, see, neither of us could remember that, Tom, played by Simon Pegg.
0: I still don't believe.
1: And his attempt to get her to sell BB-8 hooked me completely into her character.
0: Uh, the real question here, Dingus, what I really need to know, did Paul Weimer capitalize Star
1: Destroyer? Yes, he did. He, he, he capitalized Imperial as well.
2: Well, that, of course, <laughs> right, right. All right, I just wanted to make sure. You capitalized Death Star, and you capitalized Star Wars.
1: I'm just disappointed that he didn't call BB-8 beep-boop.
2: You know what I'm disappointed in? I think Daisy
0: Ridley, instead of having that quad speeder thing, which isn't a quad speeder, instead of having that speeder, a way cooler thing would be her riding on that, whatever that weird donkey, armored donkey, camel creature was. The other, the guy other guy scavenger head? Yeah, that was just, I really liked that other guy's mount. That was cool. If I was playing World of Warcraft, that's the mount I would want.
1: Oh, no way. Her The thing she was driving had such a great sound to it. What Whatevs. Whatever.
2: That's
1: that's a a really good counterpoint. (laughs) Best regards, Paul Weimer. Uh, Next, we have Grant Stewart. His uh, email is um, entitled "Scavengers Assemble." Uh, (laughs) I love this topic, although I don't feel like I'm being creative enough in my choices to really do the subject justice. Here's my three. Number three, Wally is a perfect wee scavenger. I used to have a garage I could use and looked almost identical to Wally's house. I like the clutter and how he seems to know exactly where everything is, despite it looking like it has been organized by a hand grenade. Grant Stewart's number two, The Grey, makes an interesting comparison between man and wolf, and there is a scavenging throughout the movie. But if I had to choose one instance, it would be Liam Neeson tapping... Or I'm sorry, taping the glass miniatures to his hands to make glass claws. He's <laughs> fucked, but he's going out swinging. Gotta respect that.
0: Dingus, are you going to pull anyone over for that, or how do you feel about that? <sighs>
4: um,
0: because this this is the, to me dangerously. Close. This is what I was worried about. This is dangerously close to instead of scavenging, MacGyvering. Mm. Mm. But I
1: don't know. Mm. But I'm thinking about uh, you know when he brought up the grain. I didn't think about this before. I'm thinking about the things that he was telling them to do. These are the things we need to take off the plane. Right. They're taking the wallets for a different reason. Right. But is that- but no,
0: but, but Grant goes with the MacGyvering thing, I think. I, I think Grant should be issued a, a, a misdemeanor.
1: He might be. I, he, I might have to issue him a warning. Okay. Because I don't know – yeah.
0: Because there is great scavenging in there, and certainly as he's talking about like as a counterpart to what the wolves are doing. I like that. And then he goes with – the little, you know, making the Wolverine bottles with the airline, making the Wolverine fist with the airline bottles? I don't know, Grant.
4: But he's,
1: they've taken the bottles um, from the plane Not plan? necessarily for that purpose, but just because they repurposed them for that, does that, does that make them, does that make that not scavenging? Well, I'm,
0: I'm just an expert witness here. I would, I think, giving him at least a warning is called for.
1: All right, a warning is fine then.
0: But although I do appreciate him bringing up the gray because that lets me say – I found something – no, wait, shoot. I screwed it up. I found a book. It's called We're All Fucked. It's a bestseller. It's a Frank Grillo line from an early scavenger scene. I, I appreciate the ability to, to say that. Thank you, Grant Stewart, for
1: that. – Tom, that's that's a great word of wisdom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just when Frank Grillo says things, I listen.
1: Of course you do.
2: It's a bestseller.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: That's not. how fucked they are.
1: People are right. reading the shit out of it. Grant Stewart's number one choice, Fury Road, contains what the MPAA could call scavenging throughout. Mm. But in particular, oh. I love the bodged vehicles. Bodged, what a cool word. Is that a real word? Bodged? Um, botched vehicles of Immorton Joe's squad that are all kind of crammed together from different styles and periods of vehicles. I checked this out, and it turns out that the actor that played Immorton Joe was the toe cutter in the original Mad Max.
2: They scavenged actors. And toes.
1: <laughs> See you around, Grant.
2: Hmm. Um, See? He made up for his craziness. Well, okay. See?
1: Next, next we have TJ Keller.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Pull him over, pull him over.
0: (laughs) Why? Why are you picking?
2: I just have a feeling.
0: You're profiling him.
2: Driving driving Will Teller. You're
1: like the Ted Cruz Cruz of this podcast.
2: Well, if there's a 1% chance, it's an
1: absolute certainty.
0: (laughs) That line, Kelly, wasn't in the movie because I watched the trailer. That's a stupid line, by the way, in Batman vs Superman. Did you know about this, Fingus? What? (laughs) Kelly, give him the line. Do you remember it?
2: If there's a 1% chance that Superman will be an alien, then there's an absolute certainty that we have to kill him.
0: Is that the line? Yeah, in the trailer. It's not in the yeah. movie. It, it really – and it makes no sense. I mean even I – It's in the movie. Even Oh, it is? Oh, you yeah. know what? I went man. to the restroom at that point. I, it always uh, – stuff. okay. Because I watched it in the trailer. I, Alfred? He never said that line. That's where I thought, okay, it's safe for me to go take a leak right now – excuse me – to go see a man about a horse right now. <laughs> and when i came back i was like what did i miss i didn't even didn't even worry me about what i missed so when i watched that i, I didn't i in the trailer i thought oh they didn't use it well that's how I, people
2: used to announce leaks you know ignorance I mean, uh, is not the same as innocence tom ah scavenging is if it's bens it's scavenging
0: but that makes no sense mathematically. If there's a one percent chance, it's an absolute certainty. Yeah. I mean, that's some serious like Bush doctrine stuff, like blown yeah. way out of out of proportion. There, that's ridiculous. It's bad math,
2: even he, by your standards. I
0: know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. All right, so that
2: chance to isn't the same as an absolute certainty. Never, right? It's the opposite of an absolute certainty.
1: Yeah, if it bends, it's leaking, Kelly.
0: All right. Sorry, Dingus. We had – let's see what – we,
2: we took issue. We were pulled over Batman. And his Batman All right. T.J. Keller, we apologize. Yeah. Um,
0: especially for sorry. Kelly Wand wanting to pull you over before we even know what he said. I was just kidding. Okay. All right. T.J.
1: Keller has one choice. From 2010, Studio – is it – do you say Ghibli? How do you say it?
0: Ghibli. I, oh, Ghibli. you know what? I don't know actually. It did now occurs to me. I have no idea. Geely. No. no. So yeah, it's Miyazaki
1: Studio, right? Let's get Ben Affleck all up in this. Studio Geely. Very good. Um, the Secret World of Ariete. And yes, we, we do then own this TJ since we did a podcast on. Um, if you haven't seen it, which you really should, Arieti is based on the Julie version of the borrowers. They have to scavenge to fill the needs of it for every aspect of life. This is an excellent choice, actually. You like
0: this. And Kelly Wan wanted to pull him over and look yeah. at Yeah.
1: TJ, well, you've well, you really chosen something great. Anyway, going back to what he says
2: I was pulling she, you over as a police escort.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what they do. They just Uh-oh. take you there. Don't um, be alarmed. <laughs> Um, Back back to TJ's words Uh, There are so many items That have been repurposed Due to their size difference My personal favorite is the nail staircase That scene blew me away The first time I saw this movie The thing that makes the scavenging in this movie Stand out for me Is the real danger posed By things that don't normally cause fear Mice, birds, insects And a three foot fall Thank you for all you do TJ, this is an excellent pick, and I, I love – I mean, it's fine that anybody can send in one pick. That's fine. and If you send in one that's excellent, really good job, TJ. Yeah,
0: you know what? Better that you send in something cool like TJ than that you just repeat stuff we did so you can come up with three.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, we're idiots. That's a really good pick. I really like that pick. Dang. That's a really Wait,
2: good mine pick. mine too though, right?
1: Yes, yeah. You're, Especially Gummo, you're, you're man. You've that got gu- heart, Kelly.
0: That gummo pick was amazing.
1: <laughs> Next we have Arthur Joven Jelly. Uh number three, Star Wars, episode four, the Jawas that find old, discarded, or lost droids and then sell them. I've always liked the design of Jawas, creepy yet still amusing. Jawas kinda like
0: Phantasm came after Star Wars, right? Uh, yeah.
1: Wow, you're asking me this?
0: No, no, I'm asking Kelly. Uh, yeah, it seemed like, yeah, like Phantasm really did screw up Jawas for a lot of people. Like, because those were. Jo- jo- <laughs> the things in Phantasm were just Jawas, but without the glowy eyes. Right.
2: Yeah, but they were genetically engineered Jawas made out of grandparents. Genetically engineered.
0: Really, <laughs> Kelly Wand? Genetically engineered. That's what the tall man was doing. Genetic engineering. They were metahumans.
2: <laughs> Is this why Darth Vader always says, boy?
0: Get a load of Dingus, Kelly Wan. Dingus trying to talk about phantasm. It's like me trying to talk about sports, right?
2: Uh, yeah, or math. In yeah, your nothing case. but net. All right, number two for Arthur <laughs> or me. Star- we talk
1: about movies. Star Wars: The Force Awakens.
0: Uh, I see. A, I see a theme in Arthur's picks here. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray starts out as scavenger on Jakku.
0: Thank you, Arthur, for calling out the name of the planet. So, Joker's like Kelly Wan Don't think there's are Sarlaccs running around out there.
1: Arthur only spells it with with one K, though. Let's be honest.
0: Wait, wait. Wait, he spelled it with one K?
1: Yeah. It's wrong. So it's Jaku. Wait,
0: he wrote J-A-K-U, you're telling me. Yep,
1: yep. How embarrassing. Arthur. Oh, Arthur.
2: That's like Uh, spelling Yavin with uh, three Vs.
1: Or two sons. Uh, I really enjoyed the latest Star Wars movie, and a huge part of that was Rey and how her humble beginnings as a scavenger have shaped her. Arthur is number one. Thank you, Arthur. District nine. Christopher Johnson. It was Christopher. Good. There goes his theme, by the way.
0: Arthur, you blew it. You, you had a great theme going, and you just blew it.
1: Star Wars episode seven, district nine. Um, Christopher Johnson – has evidently spent years scavenging old and broken alien technology in an effort to find a sufficient amount of the precious black fluid. Why, after going through all this trouble, he then gives the canister to his dumb friend. That <laughs> 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 is such a frustrating moment. He sends his friend, this is me talking now, he sends his friend is like, because yeah, the police, or you know, Weakus is knocking at the door and he's like, go out and please be polite to them. Be polite to them. And his dumb friend is like, "Uh, nobody's here. And shuts the door immediately. His friend is such an idiot. Anyway, back to Arthur's word. Um, He then gives his canister to his dumb friend. Instead of hiding it in the hidden command module where it needs to go anyway, is completely beyond me. Despite this strange decision, Christopher is still a great character and a fairly proficient scavenger as well uh the thing i the thing i love about this this is me talking now uh is 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 and this is one of the things i loved about district 9 is his relationship with his kid and how his son has found the, the, this final piece and, and going, dad, I, I find, I found something. And it's, it's this moment where, like, father and son are working together. It's like, oh yeah, good job. Good job, little one. You found something. And this kid is actually working hard. And as Arthur puts it, his dumb friend is like, how about this iPhone, dude? <laughs> and finally, we have Chris Marketson. Hi, guys. Uh, there isn't any salvaging in the Merv Griffin set from a dumpster in movies. <laughs> so that tick isn't
0: right, What? What is that? <laughs> thing is, it's obviously aimed at you. Would you like to share with the rest of the class what that's a reference to?
2: Where's
0: <laughs> Okay, Midnight Run. I got it.
1: Right. It's a reference to Seinfeld. To uh, what? Re- to Seinfeld. Kramer finds the murder
0: Oh my god, you guys are talking about TV?
1: <laughs> in a dumpster. And he, sets, he, he pulls the whole set out and he sets it up in his apartment. And then he show, he does the show with the entire cast, and uh, he takes a break, eats chips, drinks a Diet Coke. Um, it's a, it's hilarious. I, anyway, yeah, it is.
0: See, see what I get for asking Kelly Wanda?
2: Yeah, oh. don't encourage.
1: Chris knows what he's doing. All right, number three for Chris. Hmm. Hopefully this choice will have already been debated and found valid in Fight Club. The narrator uh, right? knows that the best fat to make soap is human fat. Ew. The narrator uh. then procures the needed fat by finding it in the trash at a facility, which I would consider scavenging, but I could see how somebody would simply call it theft. No, it's not theft, uh, Chris. Scavenging is when you take something that somebody has discarded or doesn't want, and that's clearly scavenging. It's dumpster diving, and that's not theft. I have one. Uh, I have one that I <laughs> theft that I almost chose, but I don't think taking something out of a dumpster is theft.
0: Thing is I think the courts would disagree with you. So there there have been uh, there have been cases where paparazzi dig around in celebrity trash and discover things and then divulge it. Uh, and I think they have been prosecuted. It's been tried in courts. I think it can be construed as theft. But, but I, I could... agree. That, by the way, I don't disagree that it's scavenging. Like I agree it's scavenging. But you try to tell it to the judge. It's not theft. See how far that gets you. Just so you know.
1: All right.
2: Especially if I'm the judge.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Uh, Can you imagine being in a court of law where Kelly's your judge? Man, he's, Judge Judy's got nothing on him. Also in Star Chamber, starring Michael Douglas, the cops find evidence in the trash, and then Michael Douglas is a judge, and he goes, okay, it's not admissible, so then he has to kill him with a Molotov later.
1: Wait a minute. Can you not? Under arrest. Under arrest. If you can't find uh, evidence in the trash, can you not find evidence in a drain? Because drain, what is that? But human trash.
0: If you have a warrant, you just need a warrant, I think.
1: uh, Very good. Uh, Chris Markinson's number two. In Oblivion. Thank you, Chris. Tech 49 has become quite the scavenger, finding items all over the area that he is responsible for and taking them to his own personal fortress of solitude. (laughs) Fortress of Solitude, very nice. Uh, Tech49 also gets bonus points for playing Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. Excellent. And Chris is number one, The Martian. When it comes Mm. time to load up the rover for the long final trip to the launch site, I'm going to say that Watney scavenged rather than salvaged what he needed from the Hab.
0: I don't know how we didn't see this coming, by the way. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me ramble, guys. Well done, Chris. All right. That's all we've got. You guys have any runners-up?
0: No, but I do have some late-breaking news. Uh, let's do runners-up first, though. This is just this just in, but but go ahead. Runners-up, anything?
1: No? Uh, I almost chose um, the moment from Nightcrawler where he's trying to get the fence parts, but I think that's stealing.
0: Moments from Nightcrawler? Oh, oh, right. Oh.
1: At the beginning where he's – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think that's
0: shoot. No, I, uh, But I want to include that, dingus.
1: What do you hmm. think? Is it stealing or scavenging? I think there's a difference.
0: But again, just because it's stealing doesn't mean it's scavenging. That means the courts say that my trash still belongs to me, and someone scavenges out of it.
1: But that's it's still pet.
0: stealing. Right, but he's scavenging. Well, shoot.
1: Well, how, how about this? It, this is the one I was really close on, but I think it's stealing and not scavenging. Um, in Fish Tank when they go to the junkyard to take the part for the Volvo. Right. It's a junkyard, right? but it's a part that if you pulled it, you would have to pay for, but they're sneaking in to steal it. Is that scavenging?
0: See, yeah, I think think being theft does not preclude being scavenging. That would be my ruling if I was advising Kelly Wand as our judge.
1: So would you think Fish Tank would work that that particular example, which was one of my favorite thoughts, but I still think looting – scavenging are two different things, or stealing and scavenging are two different things.
0: I'm just it's a, a matter of
1: degree, though. Yeah, I'm just the expert witness it's ultimately up to you. That's fine, but, but Fish Tank was was my, was the one I was really close on, because I, I remember how much I loved that that scene in the junkyard where they're taking that part of right. for the Volvo. And,
4: and
0: isn't she, like, drinking? Don't they have cough syrup or something that they're drinking? Oh,
1: God, yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't get to watch it, but and I, I I just remember – I have just that vivid memory of them going to the junkyard to get that part.
0: I almost would have thought it would have been cool to have Katie Jarvis as Ray.
1: Ooh, wow.
0: <sighs> just, I'm, just, I'm just
1: spitballing here with you guys. Sure, is a so how about the first Iron Man? Um, That's
0: what I was wondering. This is where – and because I think this is Supreme MacGyvering. Go ahead, Dingus. This is okay. one where I would have pulled but,
1: over. Go ahead. But don't you think it's scavenging missile parts in order to make? I don't know. Or Just is it crafting? Feels... What is it?
0: Yeah, it's like MacGyvering. It's crafting. I don't know. I don't know. But that's one I wondered about. It. I was like, if I picked that, would I get pulled over? I mean, I don't like the movie enough to pick it, but I'm like, would I get pulled over?
1: Oh, I, I love that first Iron Man, and I and I like that whole sequence with with uh, with that with that guy. I forget his name. Um, where where Robert Downey the... Jr.
2: <laughs> He's not enough.
1: That guy. Um. Uh, where they're where they're making the suit, and they're and they're and they're like taking the missile parts in order to make the suit.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Robert Downey Jr. I, I don't
1: know what suit that might be. Mark oh. Ruffalo. <laughs> uh,
2: he's always angry. My only runner-up was um, Dorothy scavenging the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. I just don't know what to say to that. Wow.
0: <laughs> she doesn't know really, does she? No. Yeah. She what adopts is, it. What does she use the straw for? She scavenges him?
2: This well, is the straw she man. The crow, and then she takes it along.
0: But she does so you're saying the not same thing with, with, with the, the courageous lion and the tin man and stuff? Like
2: well you, the tin man, yes, but not the lion. That's different. Because he's attacking them. That's not scavenging. Let's let's know what terms are before we start saying what they do. Can I get to
0: the breaking news, which is really important? <laughs> yes, let's get to that. All you right.
2: want to interrupt this?
0: Where uh, <laughs> that thing that is called that that Ray that wants to take BB eight away from Ray, he's like, I'm gonna scavenge this. His name is Tito. T E E D O. And the thing he's writing on is a Lug-a-beast. lugga beast. L U G G A, like luggage, a lugga beast. I just think it's important that we're speaking and getting words right that we get those terms straight.
2: I agree with you. So he doesn't use the Lugabeast for parts, so he has a heart. Not everything is about Wizard of Oz, Kelly. Wow. Oh, We're not on Jakku anymore. Simon Pegg played the Portions guy?
0: Uh, get the name right.
2: Simon Pegg.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> portions guy. Oblivious Clarns. I think you're close.
1: According to Paul Weemer, his name is Ankar Plot. Ankar Plot. Plot. Plot.
0: Ankar Who are Kelly Plot. Watts? Yeah, It's a Jakuvian name. How could you not know that?
2: It's a what name? <laughs> He's actually from Freevo.
0: <laughs> I don't know whether or not to believe this.
2: So, Anyways. in lieu of. Scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly,
0: what is next week's 3x3 and how can the listeners participate?
2: First, I will tell the topic of what it is, and then the listeners will be instructed on how to enjoy it. Kelly
0: Wan, and, do you have a theme for announcing this week's 3x3?
2: You sound like Perva Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dingus, quit talking about TV, especially when I uh, know that TV, and it's a good reference. Stop it.
2: Okay, I'm going to give you a hint as to what the topic is. That's the theme. And then, Kelly one, hold on. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done with you for a second.
0: Dingus what's awesome about that. Pert Hapley is in movies. He's like a crossover celebrity. Like he's not just TV. Right. This is this is like a he's a double threat because he's in TV and movies. It's a Double threat. So was
1: in Force Five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not he's Force s- five. Fast Five, Fast, Fast
0: Five, five. five. <laughs> <laughs> Or what? What is Fox Force Five? Is that what? There's uh, <laughs> also the, the Uma Thurman's? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Thurman's. Yeah,
0: All right. I'm sorry. Dingus made a good reference. Kelly Wand. unlike whatever you were doing.
2: If you're just in, a mov- in movies, though, you're just a threat. Right. Um, <laughs> so the theme of my 3x3 three three topic... All right,
0: right Perd, go ahead.
2: <laughs> ...will be... Oh, now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and now I will continue with what I was saying. <laughs> the topic for this 3x3 three three that I am saying to you will now be told... Words I'm saying will be this. It will be a grain of sense. Now, you will respond by asking me a question about what I just said to you, and I will tell you whether you are right or wrong. You've failed to do so. I will not just simply (laughs) give you the topic. You'll proceed with the podcast until no one's listening anymore. (laughs) Next week's topic is We passed that long ago the three best uses of sand. If you wish to participate in this topic, <laughs> you will send your submissions to the following web dress three uh, X three circle around the A Q R two T three period comp. And we will read them on the air if you wish to know what we will say about what you wrote about sand.
0: And also next week we will be talking finally about a movie called The Witch. Um, so see that. Join us for the conversation. And then afterwards we'll talk about best uses of sand, Kelly 3x3 three three topic. It is. That's what I just now heard, unless I'm misconstruing what you just said. It sounded like Best Uses of Sand was a 3 by 3 topic, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I rest my case. I am Tom uh-huh. Chick. I have been joined by Christian Minansky. Yeah, it's Christian Miroski. And we also had Kelly
2: Wand. I think Batman would have won, though. I mean... many adventures let's form a super group dingus we'll do our own movies later what do you think once we
3: get a lady on board this is a man who knows
4: things I swore an oath to keep it secret this lie has kept apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years we were afraid if the queen's heart was destroyed you'd lose your immortality we die. That wasn't your choice to make.
2: Oh man. Arnold was so good back you know, back then. He answers no one,
1: not even, I think, to God.
2: <laughs> um Yeah.
4: <laughs>